How is he aiming at his face? He's sitting up. And now all the guys are doing. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still. With I, you. That still makes no, no sense still, to me. I'm still with you. Where, on do, that. where do you point? That's it? The good point? I don't point it at my face. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Alright everybody, welcome to the Suncast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Huzzah! Mm-hmm. From Music Video Sins, Barrett Sher. Kapow! Ooh. <laughs> and, uh, and everybody, everybody is here. Yeah! Uh, including Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. Aaron Dicer. Hadley Ho, Cinerinos. And Danae Hughes. Hi. Hello. <laughs> End with a bang. We are packed into a small room. Uh, six of us all in this small room uh, doing some podcasting mm-hmm. and everything. I can smell everybody. <laughs> Did you smell me yesterday? Of course. Oh, man. I forgot my deodorant legit. You no, know, I didn't smell you. Oh, okay. so. um, uh, he was trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was yeah, terrible. I was that trying. Was, that was an awkward part of the staff meeting, but you know. Right, right. I, I mean, I, like, I pretended to be looking for like a pencil or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. And you're like, I hey. go over and sniff people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that now. is. Oh. I've been trying to answer that question for years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, there's nothing weird I about it. Why does he keep not finding pencils? I yeah. don't have any pencils, Chris. <laughs> Leave me alone, like, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, this isn't my process. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, today, we are going to be uh, talking about how this channel, this YouTube Cinema Sins channel, got off the ground and the history of it now that we're seven years later in the process mm. and everything. And of course, uh, dates slightly before that, uh, leading up to this and everything. Um, I will say that uh, we can we can start by saying that that Jeremy started on Real SEO, a a uh, website that wrote about online video. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the early, uh, uh, I guess, genesis of it and everything. That's where you specifically at the at first were le- learning about online video and like the at the time that you were doing this. I wasn't watching YouTube. I didn't know anything about it, really. Mm. I didn't even, people would talk about viral videos. I didn't see them. Mm. Uh, I was still stuck in my world of movie theater projection and things of that nature. Was that around 2010, 2011? When 2011, you were, yeah. Yeah, uh, that you started that. Now, as, as you got farther into that, I started getting interested and I, and you got me, you know, a, a good word with the guy who ran mm-hmm. real SEO. And I started writing articles on, mm-hmm. on the site. So we both were writing, uh, stuff. And my main thing was writing about, uh, my, I think the main thing that I remember writing about was the YouTube creator playbook. Mm-hmm. That was the main thing I used to like, that was the thing that they said, Hey, Let's try to take these chapter by chapter and just write articles about it. And we just get content out of that. And that's what I was doing for a while. So Yeah, in fact, a lot of people ask us, how how did you do what you did with CinemaSins? And there, it's always going to be a mix of good ideas, things we did, and total pure fucking universal luck. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so much great content out there that is as good as what we do that just hit on the wrong day or never got BuzzFeed to write. I had a guy at Starbucks the other day 
figure out that I was the CinemaSense guy. And he was like, how'd you do that? <laughs> how'd you, get, how'd you yeah. get 9 million subscribers? Yeah. And I was like, dude, BuzzFeed wrote about our first video. The rest is history. Like, we, we cheated. But at the same time, we were always following the YouTube creator playbook mm-hmm. to the point where a year or so ago, we went and spoke to a group of YouTube employees mm-hmm. who are ad salespeople. There's about a hundred of them in the room, and we were telling them about we followed the playbook to a T, and most YouTubers don't. And they were like, why? And we were like, because you wrote it. Like, <laughs> you're the man now. They yeah. don't trust you. Like, and, and at the time, it just was common sense to us. Again, you mentioned real SEO. There's a fringe element of the people who hate us that think we we manipulate algorithms <laughs> through SEO because right. they don't understand what SEO is. Um, because even when I was doing SEO for websites before we got into this, I was helping websites rank better on Google. There's there's two ways to do that. There's white hat and there's black hat. Mm. Black hat is the cheating dark web underbelly buying links bullshit that yeah. they I guess think we do with YouTube. They yeah. think we pay YouTube under the table. Which is, mm-hmm. we, yeah, which is of course we don't. And the other part of that is YouTube's algorithm and their their own uh, their own sort of gatekeeping technology or whatever prevents you from doing that. Used to be you could do that. Like remember the girls that would come on, they'd have the thumbnails, yeah, and they would react to videos, and there was always like big boob girls, yep. and they would just be like, uh, I don't know what I think about this. Kids react to this, this or whatever, and <laughs> yeah. that's how they would get their views because. There was a, you know, a thumbnail of a pretty girl and people clicked on that yep. because it's a pretty girl and they just, you know, it was no content really. It was just them talking about a video or something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there are, there was ways early on to sort of black hat, but not like the what they're talking about where you could just manipulate the, you know, yeah. you can just put in, you know, angry sex into the, the, the I mean, <laughs> I still see, I still see people. When we do a video in the same week or same day, uh, another movie channel like Honest Trailers mm-hmm. or How It Should Have Ended covers the same movie, and they think there's some kind of conspiracy. <laughs> it's a cabal. Or that we planned it together. Yeah. When all we're doing, all those channels, are seeing what's coming out in theaters, what's going to be talked about, like Zombieland. We just released a Zombieland Sins video the day of this recording. Mm-hmm. Honest Trailers covered Zombieland. Mm-hmm. And I've already seen at least one tweet going, did you guys do this on purpose? Like, no, we're both smart. We're yeah. both, we're both tent polling based on what's coming out to the theaters now and what people are going to be Googling. It's funny how much our story gets rewritten in hindsight by people who don't understand it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I've seen multiple times that we started making our videos longer after YouTube started, YouTube's algorithm started weighing watch time longer mm. we started making our videos longer three years before well youtube started before, valuing yeah, watch yeah. time more well before and we've accidentally ourselves five or six different times into a favorable situation with youtube's algorithm it helps that our content is evergreen it's not it's not like we're not covering the daily news that a week from now will be boring and no one wants to click on um Anyway, I've already gotten way off track from where no, we were talking that's, about. No, I think that's part <laughs> of the story. All of that is um, because, um, yeah, because it, when you when you see a channel get to this kind of success, there's got, there's always the skeptical out there who say you must be doing something shady to get to there. Mm-hmm. When it's really just dumb luck most of the time, and uh, and I we can attest we because we tried to do videos before this. Uh, we tried to do a video which was, uh, and I kind of don't, I don't know if I want to say what it was. I don't know if we've said it before, but, uh, it was a review show. It was a movie review show, but it was a comedy one. And, and we were 
we were a little bit off kilter in that one uh it i thought it was funny but it wasn't like people you had people who didn't get it and you had people who were just you just nobody was seeing it mm. so it was a combination of nobody seeing it and the people who did see it just getting pissed off at you <laughs> you know you get one of those ratios where there's like 11 likes and if that many and then 30 dislikes yeah you know? we were doing total deadpan uh making up shit about the movie as though it was always like a week before anyone would have even been able to review it mm -hmm. so common sense should tell you we haven't seen it mm -hmm. and then we would just make up lies about, i remember bruce willis was in every single movie yep. um and we were just deadpanning the delivery and people didn't it didn't it didn't click we had we had a handful of failures like that yeah but there was one there was one video that sort of clicked and sort of started that was the beginning of it sort of possibly becoming viable was we did a video about we want Brad Bird to direct the new Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And that one did like 25,000 mm -hmm. uh, views, I think. And that was the that was a huge hit for us. Yeah, I remember there were I saw Pixar people tweeting that at Brad Bird. Mm -hmm. Now this was this was right after they had picked up Star Wars but before JJ Abrams mm -hmm. had been hired and we were like Brad Bird is perfect and he still is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, except for tomorrow. Well, and well that the, that's funny that you say that too because I think he got enough asking about that that he ended up coming out and saying, no, I'm not doing Star Wars. Yeah. I am doing this movie I'm really excited <laughs> about called Tomorrowland. Um, so that was a, an initial like, oh, this might, we might be able to do this. But then I think we did like a, a Rihanna Chris Brown video. We did. And it wasn't very good. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then I, I don't, I was mainly focused on movie theater, real SEO stuff. You started doing, uh, a thing called the cussing channel, mm -hmm. which was uh, taking all the, uh, you know, all the kicking or all the cussing mm -hmm. and, or all the, you know, it was kind of like the pre precursor to our bonus rounds. Yeah, it's a super cut. Yeah. And and people still make these today. Uh, I, I made one. This was 2011, 2012. I made one of all the gear shifting in Fast and Furious movies. At mm -hmm. that point, I think there were only five movies. Mm -hmm. And Justin Lin, who had directed the most recent one, posted that video on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then that video got copyright claimed to hell. <laughs> but just four months ago, I saw somebody put out a, a video that went viral of all the gear shifting yeah, in Fast yeah. and Furious movies. Um, the problem we discovered was that the videos could be popular, but they weren't the kind of content that people were felt the need to subscribe to us to come back for more or know when we released another one um but yeah we, those were super fun all the spells in the harry potter movie. yeah i made so many people angry because i forgot the spell where hermione makes her parents forget oh like i skipped <laughs> that spell because she doesn't say a word it's just her in the background doing something uh, while music plays maybe she came over to your house and did it to you yeah you could maybe be she did could be <laughs> maybe she did uh, i uh uh but then um getting to where cinema sins was uh jeremy makes this amazing spider-man one and sends it to me and and uh i'm like yeah this seems like something we could do because it's very quick it's very fast it's whatever it's uh it, it, we get to play around we get to have actual criticisms mixed with jokes and stuff like that this seems like a viable thing let's see if this works and um on a personal note that was a weird uh, time for me yeah. because mm -hmm. my brother died mm -hmm. the day before this video got watched um and so like all the success of amazing spider-man that started happening i was dealing with my brother like just out of nowhere and uh i was like from you know sort of torn too because it was like 
I'm having to deal with this, but I'm also like, wow, this is like doing well too. This is in, this is incredible, yeah. you know? Uh, and it was not, we decided that we we're going to have to do this, try to do one every week. That's another YouTube creator playbook thing. Mm. Have a constant schedule. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we did, uh, was it Dark Knight Rises or Avengers was next? Avengers was the second Avengers one. Avengers was next. Uh, and that one, and, and so both of these videos got picked up by various media. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we started soliciting media coverage. Another by playbook. Just, by just bouncing the first one. So we would go to, I think we went to Wired with, and said, Hey, Buzzfeed wrote about this. We'll let you see mm -hmm. our next video early if you want to do an interview. And then the next week, I think I went to Forbes, uh, Forbes of all places. Yeah. Um, and did, we did that for, I mean, I remember keeping logs of coverage. Like, you know, the the third video was Dark Knight Rises, and I remember going out and scouting all the websites that wrote about it and embedded the video, and I was keeping a log of all this because for some reason, I guess I thought I was going to need to do that forever. Um, <clears throat> but it was a weird time because I I remember wanting, I remember hurting for you. I remember wanting to be sensitive to you, and yet mm -hmm. also I needed you because I, I didn't feel comfortable launching a video by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was like, I'm like, um, here I am about to email Chris during this rough time mm. to ask him to look at a jokey video about the Avengers and whatnot. And I, I think at that point I wrote a little bit of on the Avengers, not much. It was still mainly, mainly your thing that you were doing. I think I may have contributed a few to it. It was, I think dark Knight rises where I started writing a few more, because that's where I think that was Liam Neeson isn't killing anyone in the scene. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those things came up from there. And I remember that's where I first started, but I was still very heavily pro a projectionist and everything. I didn't think this was going to be anything that we would be. You stayed in that job all the way to like spring or summer, didn't you? Yeah. I stayed, stayed till 2013, summer, 2013. Yeah. Real SEO the same way. Those were stayed until because we're looking at these numbers early on, Chris and I, and like, you know, you've got 50,000 subscribers. Like, that's not nothing. Yeah. That's something. Uh, this video has this many of you, 200,000 views. Well, that's something. But it wasn't like quit your job something yeah. until <laughs> we actually started getting money from YouTube. I didn't believe it was going to happen. <laughs> you know, I thought it was all pixels. Yeah. Uh, and then I remember those first few months because the, the channel kept growing. And it was only a few months until... We were making enough that we started talking about, okay, we can quit our jobs. I was, he was projectionisting and real SEOing. I was trying to be a freelance video consultant. Mm. So I was doing shit like driving to Atlanta and interviewing doctors and filming them and then editing those videos down to put on their website, mm. trying to do SEO to get them some traction through YouTube to their doctor practice or what have you. I was not very happy at that, <laughs> in that job. Uh, I'm also not a very good videographer, uh, as I've learned. <laughs> Um, but, um, uh, yeah, around the summer of 2013, we both kind of quit the other jobs we had going on. And then <clears throat> was it 2014 when we brought you in with vi music video sins? Yeah, because I had left for Chicago, uh, but had stayed in contact with you guys. Matter of fact, we were out, um, I think right after, or right before Amazing Spider-Man came out. And I remember Jeremy looking up the definition of viral on his phone. <laughs> 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 like if, if they met the Do threshold. Do we have enough, count, enough views to count? Well, and also, uh, we, always, we always have to bring up, too, that the Dark Knight Rises video was tweeted out by Kevin Smith. Yep. And was a huge boon to the whole thing. Huge. Um, Didn't Dane Cook do something? Too? Dane, Dane Cook <laughs> did as Dane well. Dane Cook also <laughs> tweeted us yes. out. I think yes. that's probably who 
got it for you. Yeah. I think you should owe all your fame. <laughs> for, sure. The hook. for sure. For <laughs> sure. Um, and there were, there were some early ones, like, uh, but, uh, there was also, and I think we've discussed this before, there was also discussion after the first few videos, should we change it up? Should we do an everything right with or mm-hmm. whatever, which, of course, has been done mm. uh, recently. Um, but uh, we were trying to uh, think, should we change this up and then just eventually decide it? Because we were going to do that on Prometheus. We were yep. going to do, we were going to just, well, this past few have been sort of trolling. Why don't we just troll even more and just say everything's great about Prometheus because yeah. that's the movie everybody hates. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and but then we were just like, no, nah, no, nah, we need to keep it the same. Thank and, God we did because Prometheus School of Running Away from Things is one of our most popular jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every time a gif of somebody running in a straight line away from a falling tree or falling electrical tower, that, that's every four or five months one of these goes yeah. viral on Twitter and uh, I see constant our fans are like Prometheus School of running away from this. Yeah, <laughs> and that that was uh because you can tell that we were trying an experiment then because I was the, actually the narrator on Prometheus, mm-hmm. and so like when that video came out, uh, this is when we were doing comments a lot. <laughs> I was just every other one would be like, "Well, this is not Jeremy. This is not Jeremy. I hate this. This is not Jeremy. This sucks." Blah 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 blah, and I was just like. I can kind of take that, but like, I don't want it to ruin the channel. Yeah. I don't want it to be something where people are actively jumping ship. And so we just decided to, for good or ill, <laughs> to have Jeremy do everything from that point forward. Uh, if, if we had, I think if we had a little bit more foresight, we would have done it where we sort of did it back and forth. Mm-hmm. And that way people would have been used to it. See, as I remember it, that was the plan. And mm-hmm. then because you were dealing with your brother's situation and you even went out of state, you went mm-hmm. to Florida at one yep. point, I ended up at narrating the first three. And by the time we got you back in town and ready to go, you like we were worried the fans were going to reject it. Mm-hmm. I will say, we, I think I've talked a little bit about this. We are going to move forward at some point in the future on commercial sins. Mm. And the plan for that channel is to have a, a revolving door of narrators. Uh, Barrett's going to do some. Danae's going to do some. Dice is going to do some. Chris will do some. Jonathan will do some. I might not do any, <laughs> except for the first few that we've already made that I did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, for good or ill, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, so then we decide to start music video sins. Mm-hmm. We, we're just going to skip right over Branson's um (laughs) and we have barrett helping us write these because he's a big music lover um and barrett starts harping on us about a podcast and as i remember barrett was every time i would see him or talk to him he would say you guys need to do a podcast why don't you guys have a podcast and so we basically said all right we'll do a podcast but you have to do all the work yes you have to do the editing you have to plug the microphones into the thing i literally Mm -hmm. told him i just want to be able to walk into the studio sit down talk and leave Mm -hmm. and if that's the case we'll do a podcast and thank god we did Uh, (laughs) 198 times plus mini pods yeah and it's become i think maybe the most authentic place to hear us talk about movies um and the place where we do actual reviews sometimes and where the the core fans come to get to know us a little better and feel like they're sitting in the room talking with us uh, there are six people in here today mm-hmm. i've got youtube gold buttons on the wall and largely largely because barrett was kind of an annoying dick about do a podcast do a podcast do a podcast <laughs> mm-hmm. was that part um, of the playbook too 
do get, a podcast get or a dick. get a dick yeah yes yeah. get an annoying dick yeah, yeah. <laughs> eat a dick um there was uh they the, so we started off uh at the made in studios doing doing podcasts uh us all jammed into this like little <laughs> control room not even the studio the right. control room yeah and uh and then uh then we because barrett was still in chicago at the time doing it over what was that uh service we it's were called zencaster yeah we were called we were zencaster are they still Re- alive and well no they're doing they're booming they're doing really really yeah, well awesome. at the time it was like one person in uh new zealand mm-hmm. uh that i would have to email like on opposite schedules basically yeah. And it was one of the only uh, services at the time that could really do high quality uh, remotes mm-hmm. with all three of us going in at the same time. Uh, but uh, we've definitely evolved our, our sound over the years. So, yeah, Barrett decides to move back to town, largely because we're so awesome. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Chris decides to buy a new house. Yep. And, you know, he has this room here. It's uh, one of the bedrooms in the house. Yeah, it's and- a tiny, tiny room. Yeah. It's not big, but it's you know what? Let's say it's fifteen by fifteen. I, I feel like it. It w- this is meant to be the office in a single family home, mm. and the the room farther down is supposed to be another bedroom, and the the master bedroom is obviously the bedroom. But I think this is either supposed to be your baby in a crib room mm-hmm. or an office, mm-hmm. and uh, w- having neither of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I, I, there was nothing, this room had nothing going for it. There mm-hmm. was nothing going on in this room at all. I had some stuff stored away in here, like if ever needed it and everything. But like, for the most part, it was just not being used. And we were having trouble finding like, you know, a, a good place, to, a good way to record and everything. Mm-hmm. We've even recorded in my closet. We have. We did. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, but eventually I just sort of was like, you know what? We might as well just turn this thing, whole thing into a studio. And then it became like a movie montage because mm-hmm. we would, I'd come over and there would be these boxes of foam tiles everywhere. And Chris and I would be going out to shop for like fucking, you know, uh, 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 frames for the posters and stuff like that. And, uh, the desk and the, the computer and the mixer and all that stuff. And we put it all together, um, and eventually became what it is today. I will yeah. say the sound paneling. I'm not sure if it's the carpet or the sound paneling that does the the heavy lifting because mm. it was echoey as fuck in this yes, room. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm having that situation right now in my new office mm-hmm. space because it's got hardwood floors, and so I bought 15 of these sound panels mm-hmm. and put them up on a wall in a pattern. Mm-hmm. Didn't do dick. Yeah, yeah. It's still pretty echoey what, in there. What we found is that we had to go like the full Monty. Like we had to really mm-hmm. cover all this shit. To really get the dry sound and this this uh, thick carpet too, but it took a lot of experimentation. And yeah, that stuff. But I think again, we've said this a lot. There aren't enough podcasts that care about their audio quality, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say, there are too many that don't give a shit about their audio quality. And maybe their fans are fine with that. But we take pride in giving you good audio quality as good as we can. Mm-hmm. So we got some good mics. We got rid of the echoey stuff. I yeah. like this studio. Yeah, it's I do too. It's, a, it's a, a, a crazy thing when this all this stuff got put in and everything. Because 
I would be walking in upstairs and I would be talking to cats and stuff and be like, you hear all this revert reverb and everything. And then I'd walk in here and suddenly it was just die. <laughs> yeah. It was completely die. Um, okay. I want to involve our other three people in here. We Kate, we gave a, Do we a, have to, we gave a, we gave a good <laughs> sketch of how everything started and everything. Uh, how do we want to go about this? Do we want to say how you guys got into this or do we want to talk about when you first sort of were aware of us? Well, I think Aaron has a, a weird story about how he became aware of. of well, us. yeah, I don't do, Jeremy, do you remember mm -hmm. when I found it? Cause we had been doing on my YouTube channel, we had been doing movie reviews together, mm -hmm. uh, as well as on the podcast. Uh, and so we would Skype together for those. And then YouTube was just experimenting with hangouts on air, that kind of stuff. So we would use that to do a, you know, multi-site movie review of movies. And we would catch up at the beginning of each one. Cause we've been friends since college. Yeah. And you're the, that, that, by the way, was the reason I ended up having to watch Alex Cross. Just, yes, for, just yes. for the record. Yeah. And probably a few other movies. Uh, so anyway, so we would catch up at the beginning before we'd go live. And I said, Jeremy, have you seen this video where they do like everything wrong with the movie? And it's hilarious. And Jeremy looks at me and goes, that's my voice, dude. <laughs> How do you not notice that? We were like, in radio together. And then it all clicked and I was like, you're right. That is your voice. That's amazing. <laughs> but, I mean, you could have told them beforehand. Hey, by the way. Uh, yeah, show. no, that was, that was a, that was a magical moment. Um, well, and we had just reviewed Amazing Spider-Man 2 on Sif Pop, mm -hmm. you know, a couple weeks ago. And so I was just like, oh yeah, we, you know, we just talked about the cranes and all that <laughs> stuff. It was, I was beautiful. I loved it so much. And then since then, I just kind of lurked in the background, like, where's Waldo? Just kind of like, mm. you know, talking about what you're doing. And well, you, you know, guessed I, it on Sincast. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. that was kind of my first exposure to the larger Sin audience was coming in and talking movies. I don't remember if my first one was a, I think it was just a year in movies. I think it was like, well, no, I think your first one was because we, we set about trying to get guests that were industry related, but not something we knew about. So right. we did the special effects guy and we talked to Jeremy Simser mm -hmm. and you were our movie reviewer yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were reviewing movies on television. Do you still do that? Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I think that was the first time we had you in was here's a guy that actually does review movies, mm -hmm. unlike us. And then we talked shop. The next one, I think, was a year in review. And I okay. still remember listening to that episode i remember oh aaron's a cool aaron's a funny dude because like the, one of the first things you said was hey between the four of us we could you know we have like a combined three million listeners or something. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh that guy's cool <laughs> yeah. yeah uh so i i you know and i think as far as like jeremy welcoming in me into this world like the meeting barrett and chris and just kind of getting to know you guys and you're always very welcoming and so yeah you guys had me back and we did podcast stuff uh, a few times after that uh one of my favorite things of the year now is to come in and do the year in review uh, mm -hmm. with you guys every uh you know january february kind of um so that's become a fun thing and then yeah then jeremy and i started talking about hey you know do you want to try to write something uh, and he was like, Hey, why don't you throw some sample sins my way on? I think La La Land. It was La La Land. We were sneaky a little bit because yeah. I, I threw them into the script without telling these two guys <laughs> that you had written them. Yeah. I just sent it in as though they were all mine. And after the fact said, Okay, so Dicer wrote some of those. What do you guys <laughs> think about having him write some more? <laughs> and, uh, that started your snowball. Yeah. And it snowballed pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so yeah, it's my year anniversary is actually today. Oh, uh, as far really? as working full time, Whoa. that's crazy uh, with with Cinema Sins. Well, and I want to give you guys credit, you and Jonathan, uh, 
because we're, we're jumping right now over Jonathan's origin story for a second. No, but that's okay. Much like Barrett pushing us on the podcast, you guys came to us with this TV sins push, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We think we can make this work. Uh, and in large part, TV sins exists because you guys really wanted to do it and sold us on it. And yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the the thing that sold me that it could happen is because I think the main thing we had talked about with the problem with doing television was there's just too much information. Like there's how, how do you take into account, you know, an entirety of a series? And so we amped up the narrator's ignorance on context, Mm -hmm. right? And we narrowed it down to start with pilots and just kind of figure out, okay, well in a pilot, you're seeing the very first effort. Uh, and so the narrator doesn't have to be responsible for anything that came before it. And it kind of gave us an avenue in to at least experiment with it mm-hmm. and figure out how the form worked. And, and now we've expanded beyond that. We're doing non-pilots. We're figuring out other things that people want to, you know, see. So, so yeah, I think just that kind of genesis. And then the fact that Game of Thrones was ending. And I mm. think I came to you and said, Hey, the perfect time to launch TV sins would be that final season, you know, of Game of Thrones and to kick it off with Game of Thrones. So, um, so yeah, so it just kind of behind the scenes and made that, it work. And my, my favorite story about that, and this is probably when this was when you and I obviously started communicating back and forth because I was just at that time getting like reacquainted with Adobe Premiere and stuff because I hadn't messed with Adobe Premiere since like Chris and I were in college. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't very comfortable like building this. And so Aaron did a lot of the building, the editing and putting the clips together and everything. And then we both, both wrote the script. And then I don't know, after a few back and forths, we got it done. It probably took us a few weeks. Uh, working on other cinema send stuff in between and then we sent it off and then it was just crickets for what like three <laughs> or four weeks yeah and i remember us both we would we were working on scripts together and stuff for other things and we would just be like hey have you, you, you happen to talk to jeremy or did anybody say anything and but then but then we get but then we just get this email randomly one day from barrett saying i'm so sorry we haven't jumped on this yet that is that you know we should have looked at this a couple weeks ago chris and i are going to look at it right now you know that kind of thing and and then from there, it just, you know, it took off. And that first mm. one, I did the narration for yeah, the that was first the other one and, thing. and sent that off. We were kind of figuring out if maybe that worked because, Jeremy, one of the other things was you've obviously got so much narration on your plate. And we've already touched on that, you know, uh, a little bit. But um, yeah, you hit me again yesterday, by the way. Yeah. I, did, I went in the closet and did two big narrations. Uh-huh. And then I was like, whew, I'm done. I've narrated everything I have to narrate. And literally five minutes later, <laughs> you sent me a script. My timing, man. It's, it's just my timing. I know. I love after like Aaron writes the script. And then I'll go on Twitter and like Jeremy's like, God damn it. <laughs> like tweeting out about how he just he was done and then we screwed him. Yeah. So anyway, so we, we were concerned about that and we wanted to see if yeah. maybe we could tiptoe in. But as with the other things, you know, you are the voice and the fans have come to expect that for good or ill, as Chris mm-hmm. has said. Uh, and so, you know, we decided to have you do those as well and kind of shift some other things around. And um, but yeah, we're, we're talking behind the scenes about how to, you know, navigate other people into narration on commercial sins. And yeah, we've got, we've got some fun ideas. Well, so. and just for definition's sake, maybe you guys listeners don't know, uh, who does what all six of us write for cinema sense. Um, mm-hmm. and Danae and Jonathan and Dicer are the primary writers for TV sins. Um, although the Barrett and Chris and I will sometimes toss some sins in of our own. And then Jonathan and uh, Barrett pretty much write music videos. Mostly Barrett on the right. And now. music from behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, all Barrett. <clears throat> so we all, and, and then when, when a huge movie comes along, like Avengers Infinity War or what have you, we usually do what we call all hands on deck, where <laughs> everybody will write some sins for that, just to get the best quality that we can out of all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. The first all hands on deck was with that we had different writers at that point that I was a part of was Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane, yeah. And you 
poor man, poor wonderful man, offered to combine all yeah. of that stuff. That was, Didn't you have like 300 sins or something? I don't like know if that? it was that many even because, you know, Citizen Kane is excellent. Right, right. Uh, I think it was, uh, so we had five writers, yeah. I think, and uh, yeah, combined all of those. And I think it ended up being like 180, 200, before you there, before, I, before I shaved them down. Of course, we all hit certain moments yeah. um, uh, a few times, but but yeah the all hands on deck i those are the ones where i'm like this movie's really good guys we've got to come up with something i think yeah. mine was arrival i think yeah, my first yeah, all yeah. hands on deck was arrival that was mine too yeah. and then we did ex machina those, oh, are, yeah. those are the only two i've done yeah uh since then there might have been a couple that i might consider that but i've only had two writers on it I think. Mm. um but uh, because mainly because now it's the whole we have so many things going on at this point trying to draw all the writers on one script is a waste yeah uh, yeah because so, you're pulling somebody off of something yeah, yeah so wait we forgot to tell your story oh i mean well you remember I've, how it started yeah i mean well i've been i've been friends with chris for like 27 years that sound right i think i was that 16 does sound right. yeah i've been friends with barrett since my early 20s so 20 mm. plus years with barrett so like i knew these guys funny thing about chris if uh as a friend he's he's like one of the best friends you can have he'll he'll you know drop of the hat he'll help you out but he will never tell you shit about what's going on in his life so <laughs> so i get a text from barrett i think i was like it probably at disney and uh, i get a text from barrett i think you guys had done three or four videos maybe you had done the first three at this point mm. and he's like have you seen this shit chris has been doing and i'm like no and then so i watched it. i'm like oh my god this is fucking awesome and then i found out about the kevin smith thing mm -hmm. and the, the dane cook thing yeah and which made me laugh yeah and uh and then i hollered at him like why haven't you told me this he's like dude i haven't told anybody about this yeah. you know and well, it, was um, all, it was a very very hard for me yeah. um the um I mean, my mom always does that too. Like, I don't yeah. hear anything from you. <laughs> I don't tell anybody anything. Yeah. Uh, unless it's something that I feel like is really, that's why I don't like Facebook. There's yeah. way more reasons to hate Facebook these days, but, uh, the, I don't do Facebook either. I don't go on there and go, Hey guys, uh, here's what's going on with me. Yeah, here's yeah. how I think about things, <laughs> you know, um, so I've never been that way. But yeah, especially in those first three or four when it wasn't a thing. It wasn't anything. Well, we and I guess, and you probably you don't want to like. I mean, we're sports fans. You don't want to jinx it. Yeah. yeah, you know, just get everybody involved, and then it, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't keep going. No, I totally get that. It was just funny. I just remember, I still remember to this day Barrett texting me, and then um, let's see. I think it was like November or December. I want to say it was 2016. Uh, Barrett hollered at me, and I had been on the podcast a couple times. Uh, I filled in for Jeremy on one of the years since we were alive. It was 1998, and uh, out of sight. That was a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. And uh, I know I felt like I had to pick out of sight. Or you would have <laughs> killed me. No, that was my favorite. But um, and then I did the Fantastic Beast mini pod because you didn't want to see it. Jeremy didn't want to see it. This is true. Wise decision. <laughs> yeah, very wise decision. <laughs> Um, and then I don't know, like maybe a couple weeks later, I get a text from Barrett like, hey, do you want to do you want to try to write some music video sends? And I'm like, yeah, definitely. And I think my first one was like that January. It was uh, it was I st it's oh, God, I can't remember his name. He passed away. It was Ariana Grande's uh, Mac Miller. Mac Miller. Yeah, it was the Mac Miller Ariana Grande uh, video. That was my first one. And that was a lot of fun. And uh, so I worked I worked for um a few months and then it became a little more official that i actually became like a, a writer for music video sends and you know i was involved in the you know scheduling and everything like that and i would think i was doing like one a week and then um that uh that august just like literally out of nowhere 
um, I get an email. Aaron and I both get an email from Chris. It was like first thing in the morning, like I was about to go to work, and uh, it just said, "Welcome to Cinema Sense." And I'm like, what "The fuck is this?" Like mm-hmm. I, you know, nobody had said anything to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, like, like, like we I were on a just, tight ship. I was very confused, <laughs> and uh, that was exciting. That was like. I remember, like, I didn't even like want to go to work. I was just like, I'm just gonna go start writing now. And uh, I got, uh, I got scheduled. Annabelle was my first mm. one, which I did with Chris. And I still remember. Not job. Not job was my first yeah. official oh, script. Nice. Yeah. And I still remember writing that script very well because I was, I was oddly enough at Disney when uh, Chris sent me the combine, and there were so many notes on it. Like there was just all this red type. And uh, I like I hadn't read any of them yet. Mm. And I just my wife was like next to me and I leaned. I looked over. I was like, I got the combine from Chris. She's like, oh, cool. Like, is, is it good? I was like, I, I, I might be fired. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. But then all it was was Chris was just it was mostly like tips and just like this. This is OK, but it worked. You know, we kind of want to do it this way. And then even at the end, you wrote something like this is a really good for script. Like, mm-hmm. like, I think you're going to be fine, you know. And so that's mostly all it was. So it ended up being fine. And then moving forward, everything just kind of became a blur after that. I've honestly. got to preface things a lot with the people, the new people who come in is that I'm a dick. <laughs> I'm kind of a dick. <laughs> um, Your notes are nice, though. But no, I mean, I don't I'm not mean to you, no, yeah. but I'm just like, I, I will I will, you know, say this. Yeah. This isn't very good. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you why. And and, I'll you know, it's such a it's such a like uh, subjective form mm. that we're in that a lot of times you're like well i could be wrong but it just doesn't hit me the right way this yeah, is yeah, still yeah. Like- yeah it's it's absolutely essential having gone through it with music video sends originally back in 2014 or whatever mm-hmm. personally where chris will give you some some straight and some straight talk mm. uh and it's and it's totally useful and you have to be receptive to it because what we do we were talking about this yesterday what we do is so specific not a lot of people can do it. It's a weird thing to say in the way that we do it, mm-hmm. um, in the way that we phrase it, in the voice that we have through Jeremy as the conduit. But but the channel has a voice, too. And uh, and it, it took me a lot. Yeah. And I'm, poor Chris had, and Jeremy had to go through this of, of directing me and for me to listen. And it happens to everybody. We have to kind of go through that molding to get into this singular voice but what's great is you everybody has been able to be molded but still bring themselves and something new to the table absolutely i thought you were like everybody's been molded but danae except (laughs) and i know and i I want to say this too because i know this isn't about like me and barrett and chris's friendship but i will say this when chris says he's a dick i think that's funny because i've just known him for so long but like i think the one thing why the three of us specifically have been friends for so long because that's not easy to do like having friendships for 20 plus years is not an easy i mean it's like it's like being married for 20 plus years in some ways but uh, why i consider these guys my brothers is because and like my daughter calls them uncle chris and uncle barrett <laughs> is because uh they are very upfront and they will you always know where you stand with them and uh that's like that's the one thing and and same with jeremy same with aaron i'm learning same thing with Danae. And I think that's the most important thing to me when it comes to stuff like that. So what you're calling being a dick, I'm like, thank you. because <laughs> yeah. Thank uh, you for your dick. Can, can I please right. have more? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, can I please have another? But no. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, Danae, tell us what your tell us your story. Well, it's funny because so, you know, I came to meet you guys through uh, Aaron. We've been in radio together for like seven, eight years working together, not only to do 
a daily show, but then also podcasting. And then we managed other things inside of the radio station. And as time went on and he kind of would tell more about your guys' friendship and stuff, he'd be like, oh, you'd love these guys so much because they shoot straight and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. So I would totally echo what you're talking mm-hmm. about. I'm the kind of person, too, that just – I'd rather it be just a forward conversation and doesn't need a lot of fluff and buff just to kind of get to the point. But Fluff and buff? Is that like the wrong? I, I, you know I've what? used this several times, I mean, and I, I always say, get the I'm, weirdest I'm, looks from you guys. I'm at this point used to you saying it, so it, it, it just goes it over. It may me. not be a thing, but I know what you mean. Good, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's good. There's yeah. a there's a there's a fluff and buff option down the street. Hey, yeah. 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 There is, there is. Um, I think uh, it was not that long ago. It was this year that uh, Aaron was talking with us, with me back in the studio that we work in in Springfield, and he was saying that. The, you guys were thinking about uh, hiring a female writer. And so I was like, I'd be horrible at that. And then left it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just wouldn't leave me. Like, it wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. That uh, Maybe that would be something that I would like to try. And uh, then I started working with other companies and organizations and picking up projects. And it just kind of wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. And so I asked Aaron to just see if that would be a potential option. And then... Um, I started working with Jeremy to figure out what scripts would be good to sort of send a few in and did the same kind of acclimating process where you kind of write for a little while and your crap is sort of hidden by other people's brilliance, but like your best ones make it in. That makes you feel pretty good, but then like you need to get better and better and better. So I'm still kind of on that trajectory of trying to get up to the bar. All the way up there, the eighteen bar. So. No, I mean this is not, this is a podcast, not um, not a staff meeting. But uh, you, your scripts have just continued to get better and better as we yeah, go along. It, it's like what you said that you you've got to like think about the narrator's perspective, but then you're also kind of sprinkling your own stuff. Like, I sent a script to Chris yesterday that literally has a drawing in it. Nice, uh, nice. I sent one to Aaron that had memes in it, and it's like even if that stuff isn't used, it's still like, hey, this is just in my brain somewhere. So if it's something that could work, or it needs to be tweaked to come from the you know perspective in this way. So I kind of I'm learning how to give what the channel needs and what the fans love and then sprinkle in kind of new stuff. Um, I I love getting your scripts when we work on TV sends together. Um, One of my favorite screenplay writers is Shane Black. And if you ever read any of his scripts, they're hilarious because like he his first script was Lethal Weapon. And uh, he has this thing in there where he's describing the bad guy's house. And he writes something underneath it, like the like a big ass house that I would buy if this makes money. (laughs) And um, that's what that's what you remind me of, because you'll just write little notes and stuff like that. Like this. I mean, this is kind of what I'm doing. Well, and and you you never know what type of thing could actually end up in a video. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like stuff like that. I haven't seen that, by the way, yet. Oh, I'm super excited to show it to you. But uh, the the those type of things we used to in talking about early videos and everything, we used to do little like subliminal insert type stuff um there was one where i think it was uh was it batman begins or was it dark Knight? no it was dark knight rises that had joffrey in it right no it was batman begins that had jo- the kid who played yeah joffrey. batman begins it was batman begins and like so 
so we made little references we made a little reference to like the the incest in game of thrones that was that led to mm-hmm. this kid being uh, uh you know i mean doing a little game of thrones thing in uh in batman begins and everything so there was like a part where we made a little bit of reference of game of thrones and like just the tiniest sliver of jamie and, and cersei <laughs> like in the first episode banging it out in the you know <laughs> well and we did the 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 real person that's been struck by lightning yes, the most times. That was an X-Men. Yeah, we flashed like for maybe one or two frames. <laughs> yeah, people were like, who's that old man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. made me think this was a narrative thing, but Chris and I worked, this was pretty recent. I don't remember what script it was, but it's in the last few months. I wrote like a pig Latin sent. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put something in pig Latin. I even put in commas like, Jeremy might hate me, mm-hmm. but this is just what came in my mind. And then Chris Rebecca like, no, it's really funny, but yeah, Jeremy would fucking kill you. So <laughs> we're, we're not doing that. No, I really, there's there's such a you know the movie or the video that that you guys get to see on YouTube is is there's so much work that goes into it. Um, and when I started, I, it was just just watch this TV show or watch this movie and you know give your script, but then. As these months have gone on, you learn more and more and more about the process and how much work it takes. And then uh, Behind the Sins kind of started, what were you, like 18th episode? Yeah. So like just a few months back, we started that podcast because it's fun to talk about the behind the scenes stuff. And that's really where I started to kind of enjoy even more peeling back the curtain and talking to the fans about, you know, like what we look up. Game of Thrones was my first script. And uh, I the, the things that I looked up to find out if this stuff really happens like people bleeding out and bloating in water or whatever mm-hmm. that was like mm-hmm. how this is such an interesting job well and aaron didn't, <laughs> aaron didn't tell me you were writing on him and at first like when he sent it to me initially and he wanted to wait for me to send it back to him probably kind of like jeremy was doing with him. yeah he i learned wanted, it from jeremy he wanted to by watching you okay this is actually from you by the way just to just as an aside that's a great it way is, it is that it's is excellent. a great I, I would prefer it that way in fact i don't feel like i was tricked in any no, way. No, like, no. Like, like, because if you tell me this person I like wrote a script. Yeah. And you read it, then you're going to give them more credence than you yeah. normally would. Whereas if you just say, hey, I wrote this, well, then I can come to you and say, well, this one's oddly shit. Yeah. Or this one <laughs> yeah. is oddly shit. This whole script is great, but number 41 sucks, yeah, Paul. Right. <laughs> but, on that, but on that Game of Thrones script, there were like six alts. Mm-hmm. And he, I picked Danae's every time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. That's when I, I knew I loved Jonathan. But yeah, 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 right. <laughs> but I also thought it was weird because I'm like, Aaron is writing a lot about like menstruation cycle. <laughs> and yeah. I was impressed feeding. You know, like, and I'm like, man, that dude did some research. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I mean, this is why we, we both wanted to hire a woman as our next writer Absolutely. and needed to because, well, there's a script recently where you wrote something about. They must have put that cashmere sweater on the heat, high heat cycle. It's not something any of the five of us white dudes would ever have thought no. of. I remember in Aladdin, you wrote a sin because he just refers to the the magic carpet as a he. First time he meets it, and you wrote something very simple like, "Why is it a he? Like, how do you know it's a he?" And I, I remember I emailed these two guys, and I was like, "We would never have written that because <laughs> yeah. because we're dudes, and we don't." We don't see the privilege that men have the way women see it. Yeah, yeah. And so we need that kind of perspective. 
but we're next next tires just we're going she back to white does, guys. She, right. should, she, she also does insane research. <laughs> like I thought, I thought Barrett did research. Oh, sorry, I got. There's a laugh going. I made an inappropriate. No, joke. it's okay. I did hear it. Sorry. That's good. No, I, didn't I do that in a script just recently where I said if we're joking, like get that woman out of the screen? Yeah, that, that yeah. was a recent script. And it's it's fun when I do those things because then when the audience gets mad, it's like but. A, a female wrote that, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, y'all can just. You can also, they, they won't know that though. Nah, they you care. can also tell when Danae doesn't like whatever she's watching because she'll just write this extra sentence. I fucking hate this. Yes. Or something <laughs> like yeah. they all have to cut those because like we can have one of those. Yeah, we yeah. can't have we can't right. have ten. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just writing my, how I feel. My favorite Danae story is the fact that you reinvented the bonus round. Yeah, you I had didn't know no that was a thing. That was a thing. Oh, that was did great. One. Yeah. yeah, I forget what video it was. Men in Black. We talked about it on BTS. It was the cooking in Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. So she just wrote here are all the times that he uses this stupid car clicker so much. That's awesome. and she listed them out she yeah. said, i don't know what you want to do with these but <laughs> yeah. it's really annoying i was like you just reinvented the bonus round <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. amazing it's fun uh, the bonus round has also uh, evolved of uh, uh, over the over time because the it first came up in the room because the room after after writing it down and everything it was like there's a lot here, but there's not enough. <laughs> there's just not enough. There's there's not enough to tell you how bad this movie is. Because yeah. while I can tell you each individual thing that's awful, and each thing has three or four other things that are awful about it, there's just not enough here. And, and finally came to the realization that, hey, what if we did one of those kind of a supercut type of thing in this, and then did like multiples and all sorts of stuff so like all the times when he would say oh hi yeah, yeah. and all the times they i think there was one bonus round that got cut out that was every time someone's told said that lisa looked hot or pretty oh yeah i think we ended up cutting because we had, that was another thing and uh back then was trying to get the time down to yeah uh five or six minutes and this one at the time was like a blockbuster eight minutes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and uh and so like uh so we had like six bonus rounds in the room and they were in the middle of the of the video yeah. and and like they were doing all these multiple we were counting the amount that was in the bonus round adding it to the main video going right back into the video <laughs> and then like of course i think the numbers got completely screwed especially after cutting <laughs> cutting out bonus rounds and after a while people were like you know hey uh on here it says the sin numbers this and then it becomes that and like yeah, yeah. probably <laughs> yeah probably yeah. probably so i don't know but uh but then it uh but then as more and more people and, and it got more and more complex it became more of a let's just count one two three we don't need to do multiples all the time and do you guys remember how long your original videos took you like from start to finish for fucking ever because we were doing all of it like like you, you can you can any one of us can look at a video now and kind of understand how much work goes into it but but back in the day when we didn't have the editors it made in and so it's chris and i like we would both write the script I would narrate it, and then one of us would spend like twenty five fucking hours putting that thing together. <laughs> I would start. That's what we came up with. We we actually did kind of the math on the latest episode of Behind the Sins with Chris Creasy, uh, with Creasy, and decided it was about a thirty to 40, 40 man hour process. Yeah, per, I've always per, said per about you, forty man because yeah. he said he can actually he's gotten to where he or the he's gotten to where he can do what from start to finish like about six hours now. Is that what he said? Like after he gets your which you've spent time doing narration, we wrote the script, yep. yeah, you know all that stuff. So it's just interesting, something that you you know. 
when you're watching it, you're not thinking about it, that there's 30 no. plus hours that went into. Well, and because the video. YouTube creator playbook was so specific about keeping to a schedule, there were a lot of late nights. Yeah. There were a lot of like, ah, oh, dude, I know it's 1130. I'm going to have this next version up for you here. As soon I remember as possible. being up as late as 430 sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like PM? <laughs> yes. When, I get so remember when people found out, when I got to come do this full time, you know, people were like, um, uh, oh, that must be, you know, that must be really nice getting to do this now. And I'm just like, you don't understand, like, this is more of a full time job than like what I had. Mm -hmm. Like, because I mean, even just reviewing a video, I mean, that sometimes is 45. That's yeah. an hour sometimes. Yeah. 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 I uh, got to make time for back in that day. I would start a video on Thursday. I think remember we're mm -hmm. we're, we're coming out with one on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I would start on Thursday because I had all these other things going on. So like Thursday, I would drop all the video down of, of from the script. And how like that that would be the thing i would drop video down and then uh the next day i would get your narration or something and i would drop all the narration where it needed to be and then by saturday that's where i'm like shaping everything yeah and getting it to where it needs yeah. to be and then sunday doing final stuff on it and then that was how, how and it's and, and you're working another job and working another job yeah, and it's not the kind of thing that you can um you can't start with a very big template for these videos because if we removed a sin in one video you can't use any of that numbering as your template because you've just brought that sin reduction into a new video that may not have one mm -hmm. so you can have the assets the numbers but you still have to manually place them yeah. Yeah. one at a time <laughs> and sometimes people think there's like like there's like a a plug-in where we just put like a put the plug in up at the top left corner and it does it does the one to two what, to three to if four if we could somehow program a macro of some sort yeah. that every time the ding happened it would change the number oh i would do that in a i heartbeat. bet you we could find somebody to do that yeah well that's Wait, also like people ask why we don't subtitle the whole thing and it's like because we'd be like literally typing everything they said yeah in, you know yeah did you at one point tell me when you first started them you did the timer with individual numbers or did you always have a timer the timer has always been a timer okay the sin count has always been individual okay uh, individual assets for each number that you see on the timer yeah. um, and that's why there are probably a hand like maybe 10 to 20 videos out there that have wrong numbers here and there oh yeah you know because that's what that's just what's going to happen especially when you have sin removals and it would go 55 to 54 to 55 and so on and so forth. Yeah. Like the least fun thing to hear is uh, we need to cut this in and, <laughs> yeah. and renumber. Right. Uh, well, because and with me, it's always like the video I'm working on. It's like it's like Barry. It'll be like the fifth sin. And Barry will be like, I'm sorry, man. We got to get rid of this. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be like, this is my fault. Like that helps. There was, there was one on Justice League. Yeah. It was, I was doing the edit for Justice League. And the second goddamn yeah. sin. Yeah. <laughs> We went back and forth. It was it was a sin about Joss Whedon, and then we were referencing Zack Snyder, and then we were like, "Well, maybe we should take it out, cut and renumber." I cut and renumbered that motherfucker, and then we came back and we're like, "Well, why don't we just say something about Joss Whedon?" Yeah. Well, that's the that was that's one of the that's one of the biggest that's one of the biggest misunderstanding things that happened. You have you have several different things that happened. First off. You're at first you're like we need to cut this. So you send that message out there. 
but you don't expect until there's an agreement about it that anybody's going to do something know, about it. Yeah. This would happen with Jeremy a lot. Like, <laughs> I would be like, I don't know. We should probably remove that. I don't know. And would not hear anything back. And then I'd be like, you know what? No, I think we can change that. And he'd be like, God damn it. I've already done that. <laughs> And I'm like, I didn't hear you say <laughs> a lot of this is just basic human interaction. Like my wife is obsessed. With, like if we're having a phone call, every single phone call ends with bye, bye. And if we don't do that, I hear I didn't hear you say bye. I wasn't sure we were done with the call because that is the signifying. Yeah. So yeah. you would send an email saying, I think we should cut this. And and I wouldn't say bye. Mm. I wouldn't say <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah. I would just go cut that. Yeah. shit. And then by the time he has, you know, maybe tweaked his opinion a little bit i've already sent a new version with a full cut and he'd be like god damn it i wanted to discuss <laughs> yeah. it yeah well and, and we do the notes a little different now and sometimes like you know i'm sure this happens to aaron too we'll be at the computer with the edit in front of us as you guys are making notes and i've gotten to where the point because this happened to me a couple times where like you know chris would say let's cut something barrett would come in and be like no let's not do that because you know and then they would agree and they'd be like i already did it so now I just like I'll change like uh, text stuff, mm -hmm. but like I just leave everything else alone. Best until thing you to guys do is done. to wait yeah. until everybody's yeah, agreed about is. everything because that that's what. But I, what was the one? There was one we were both up for. It was I believe the first Conjuring. Okay, and I believe the sin was about uh, Patrick Wilson saying this was the best Latin I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, but and, backwards. And 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 you you had this big thing about like how is this the best Latin you've ever heard because all this other stuff. And I was sitting there going, we know what he means there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I remember this too. Yeah. I was like, we know what he means. I mean, he's he's not saying you know. And then, and then you said something like, no, dude, blah, blah, blah. This is for real. This is a sin and everything. I was like, ah, okay. And then, and then you cut it. <laughs> <laughs> you cut it. And I was like, okay, you've convinced me. And you're like, well, I've already cut it. <laughs> nobody, my point is nobody knows what Latin sounds like. <laughs> it hasn't been spoken in generations. It's a dead language. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have and what happened the next day we, we, we publish it. And and you're arguing with people about Latin. Yes, I, was indeed. I, I have been extremely impressed with the uh, the problem solving amongst this group. Like just the like you talk about shooting straight. Mm. I think everybody understands we're, we're, our goal is all the same. Mm. We all want it to be the best it can be, mm -hmm. and so you can. I will never forget the the checkoff argument. Yeah, that was that fun. We, the, oh, that we had. Chris, on. Chris thought he was being gaslighted. Can I tell this story? Yes, please, yeah. please. <laughs> yes, tell me. I don't know it. Okay. I feel like all of a sudden I just got like to a, witness it. I was uh, I was uh, not involved. So, so Chekhov's gun is a literary thing, yeah. or yeah. that you mentioned something. It's <laughs> it has to be employed later on. Now, Jeremy wrote this sin. Now, this may be what I think of Jeremy more than I think of Chekhov's gun, <laughs> but I thought it was a Star Trek reference because he's a Star Trek guy That's and true. it's Chekhov. And I was like, OK, didn't even think about the literary thing at all, I, because also I had not seen Skyscraper. I had not seen that. Well, movie. and the sin doesn't say Chekhov's gun either. It says Chekhov's 30 story park. Or right. whatever. It's a sin we both wrote, by the way. Well, yeah, that, we both wrote the same thing. And, and even during the the approval process you said oh we both wrote checkoff stuff and i was like oh okay cool whatever it's checkoff star trek <laughs> and, uh, and uh and so like it gets to video time and the checkoff sin comes up and i was like is that how you spell checkoff 
and I went to a Star Trek thing, and then uh, and it was like, no, it's got it's. I think Chekhov doesn't have an H between the K and the uh, mm. and the O, and I was like, hey guys, it's spelled like this, and uh, they're like, I got notes back saying, no, you can spell it either way, and I was like, the fuck you say. <laughs> can spell it either way i was like, like here's i was like i went through i went through google i went to the imdb yeah. i was like where does it ever was it ever spelled this way yeah. a screenshot. And, then, and then i went to i i like found star trek on my computer and and like did one of those snapshot things on the and then bear it in a diplomatic way he should have just said you're fucking stupid <laughs> goes i think this is about Chekhov's gun right you know it's like this is a, the and then it was i went into the imdb and i was like oh it's about Chekhov's gun oh there's an h there oh. <laughs> jeremy was trying to say it could go both ways all this bullshit and i was like like was in like, season two they spelled it this way right. in season three i was like, I was like fuck you guys so I was like, I know what I see. <laughs> and so then like... Uh, that was the day where I was glad I got email alerts, even though I wasn't involved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So, so then it, uh, you know, and finally I realized that I was being stupid, which is the worst feeling in the world, especially when you're so vehement about something. And, and because I did think I was really like, what are you guys doing? You guys are really being dicks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is making me mad. <laughs> and uh, and so like uh, so yeah. So then I, I was like, after I found out how stupid I was being, I, it's that one of those things where the blood just drains from you, and you just feel cold, <laughs> and and you just like you just walk out, you just walk around going. Holy shit, what a fucking ass I was making of myself. <laughs> Sitting there saying this is what the fucking word spell like and everything. And just like you just you just like, please forgive me. Please please don't can you ignore that that ever happened? And then Aaron brings it up. Yeah, no, yeah. It was, and I'm so glad no, I did. No, those are fun stories to tell uh, because now. yeah, because now they're good. Right, right. I feel like we're in, we're possibly in uh in Chris's uh better help session uh, right now <laughs> that's probably right <laughs> well i remember some... i remember on tv sends when we first started tv sends lost was our third one right but it was my it was first, early for sure it was yeah. my first edit uh because i think you had worked on uh game of thrones and stranger things i made in did the initial edit this was just us tweaking stuff but uh, it was my first one to tweak and that's still to this day i think the most edits i've ever done of one thing I, I don't remember what all the issues were, but um, I remember it kept going back and forth like seven times. And then finally, Jeremy was like, I think this is good. I'm good with the print. And then Aaron comes back. He's like, I'm sorry, man. He's like the he's like the bumps don't sound in sync. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't touched the bumps. But apparently I did, because sure enough, I went back in there and they were out of sync. So I felt really bad. But uh that was funny because I realized that day, like Jeremy somehow knew when I was upset somehow. I don't know how because I didn't say anything, but I, I just get this random email from Jeremy. By the way, I know you had a really rough day. I had to do a lot of edits. I uh, just want to know you're doing a great job, man. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> was like, People uh, think I'm a monster, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. but sometimes you but, do that one little thing. <laughs> yeah. I will uh, never forget that edit. That was fun. Yeah. Well, you are doing a good job. Thank you. I do want to shout out the Behind the Sins podcast, though. It's kind of like the the evolution of what what the brand or the company has become. It's become 
I, I don't mean this as a backhanded compliment, like a lot more fun than I expected it to be. Uh, because, you know, we had talked about how we don't want to pull the curtain back too much because it's a creative process and we have kind of our, our thing that we do. And you don't want what I personally don't like is people explaining jokes mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. And you guys don't do that. You're basically kind of putting yourself in the service of of the viewer uh, and and with also intimate knowledge of Intimate knowledge of it. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. a really no great one hand gesture. No one saw hand gesture. You just got your first experience yeah. hand gesture. It's very hand rocks the cradle of I, I want to say, the first thing you that said to like, me when I walked in here is, this mic is like this is going to be really close uh, knit today, so you've got to watch the hands. Yeah. <laughs> you got to watch the hand Barrett gestures. Barrett just made a bowling gesture. <laughs> yes. Real See, or a prostate exam uh, gesture. Yeah, I was going to say prostate two. exam. Really? Is more, yeah. The whole hand? Well, it depends Jeez. on your prostate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're hard to find. <laughs> Anyways, you're <laughs> anyway. No, it's it's become a lot of fun. Uh, you guys should listen to it. We are on there every once in a while, um, and I listen to them every week. And I really, you guys are doing an awesome job. Oh, thank Thanks, you. Man. I was Thanks. really nervous about that when Aaron. I was glad Aaron asked me to do it, but they had been podcasting for so long together, and I and plus they were going to be in the same room together. I've never I'd never done a podcast from afar. Um, so I was really nervous about the whole thing, but they're, they're just, it was just like the first episode. I mean, it was just click and you guys are so easy to talk to. So I, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it really is like, we are having a blast. In fact, I mean, I don't even know how much is cut out because we're just talking oh, for a hours. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, I, I remember when Baron's like, we're going to do an hour and a half. I even got an email from Danae after the first episode. <laughs> like we need to keep this to an hour and a half. Like, okay, cool. And then, uh, not to my fault, it's gone to like two, Seven. and then it was like two and a half, and then three. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, you can tell that- when you have podcast co-hosts that have good chemistry. Chris and Jeremy and I have been friends for a yeah. long time, and that's why this feels like just a normal conversation for us. And I got this, the same feeling with you guys, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah well, we, no, we've good. done a show for a long time. But the reason it sounds good is because he does get to edit all of it out. That's mm-hmm. why. It's all in editing. Mm-hmm. We're actually the magic just... But, in the but edit. we'll we all say, know that. like, because yeah, yeah. Aaron is a sharer, I think is the best way to put that, a sharer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really surprised some weeks because he'll say some stuff, and I'll be like, oh, I probably shouldn't, like, just tell somebody about that because he's, I mean, he's not going to put that in the podcast. And then you get the podcast, and it's like, yeah, I don't wear underwear. I go. <laughs> oh, he kept that in. Yeah. Okay, then. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And now the whole Syncast audience knows uh, as well. Yeah, so, yeah. And yeah. we're all... They should have been listening. But even more interested, we're all in this room re- remembering right <laughs> yes. now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, yep. just, I block that every day. <laughs> I, I wake up. I do my morning like well, stretches. I remember you didn't know. Oh, God, you were like, he's wearing shorts. What? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't hike your leg no, up my, or anything My like shock that. was yeah. that he said it out loud. Yeah. All right, guys. It is time to talk about BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Hey! Man, this service is awesome. I, uh, I've been using it now for a number of months, and I keep talking about like how, you know, this is, this is kind of what I'm experiencing as I'm going through therapy for the first time, but I cannot stress enough about how easy they make everything on you the best part of this service besides you know the the eventual outcome of of you know kind of discovering things about yourself is all the stuff that gets in the way of you going to a doctor's office or a therapist's office all the stuff that prevented me from getting off my butt and doing it 
is done for you. It's literally, we all sitting at our computers, right? You may be sitting at a computer right now and you just, you literally click on the better help link and it gets you started, walks you through. And then you have a cozy little, what is it? Counseling room where, where it has all your yeah. stuff, your appointments, uh, things that you're working on, reminders. My therapist like sent me like this, this mindfulness link, like, uh, and like quotes and stuff like that. I hate that stuff, <laughs> but. I found it very inspirational, <laughs> like for whatever reason, like it tied into what we had talked about recently. And uh, man, yeah, it's it's just it's been nothing but positive, particularly uh, the convenience. This is an online mental health resource that matches you with a counselor most of the time in your area um, that you can correspond mm-hmm. with virtually, whether it's text or video or calling or whatever it is. On whatever basis, uh, regularity that you want, um, all from the, the the comfort of your you know home office computer, whatever it is, and that was that was my main. It's it's shameful to say that that was the main thing uh, stopping me from doing this, but it did, and and I'm better for it by doing this. Well, you mentioned convenience; it's also the normalization, right? The idea that yeah. this is a normal part of our life. And Jeremy, I've heard you talk so many times about how everybody could use therapy. Mm-hmm. Everybody has mm-hmm. something. That they can talk about with someone, figure out, you know, what's going on in their their mind, their mental health, all that kind of stuff. And what I love about better help is the fact that it just makes it just a normal part of your life. Yeah. It's just something you do. You have you have to eat lunch because you need some nutrition, you know? Yeah. Talk yeah. to a therapist because you need some mental nutrition. So I, I, I really like that it just makes and, it a normal part of what you do. And as much as I've talked about it over the years, it's been my it was my career for 16, 17 years. I just never been on this side of it. So I haven't yeah. really like said, oh, well, this is something that is normal for me. Uh, so if you're like me and you, you have some things that you want to uh, work through, depression, anger, stress, uh, anxiety, things like that. Mm-hmm. This is an excellent resource. Yeah, yeah. Baby. cool. Yeah, um, I've 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 been using it about, I think, the same amount of time Barrett's mm-hmm. been using it. And it's been like I've said the last couple of times, it's been an amazing experience. And like you said, I think the I think the the normalcy and just the fact that the website itself is just so um, easy to navigate and easy to use. And mm-hmm. it's like like we haven't even talked about the fact that, you know, your counselor's schedule comes up and you can make your own appointment yep. and just things like that. You don't even think about are uh, just make it easier for you and just make it a lot easier to just kind of embrace this and. Uh, I don't know. I guess it takes some of those stressors off of you so you can just talk freely and openly. And it's just it's helped me. And I don't like to like leave my house, which is probably something I need to talk to my counselor about. (laughs) But if that's something, you know, anything like that, I mean, it's just convenient. Right. I mean, it's just you're you're in your house and uh, uh, you just set the appointment up. And then when it's ready to go, it alerts you and then you get the call and, you know, you're you're talking for an hour or whatever. It's great. There Mm -hmm. are a lot of barriers people can subconsciously put up to considering therapy uh that better help knocks down yep i'm too far from a therapist uh real legitimate ones yeah yeah yeah. my insurance doesn't cover therapy i hate leaving the house i hate being i can't open up in strange places and having other therapists tell you that we're too full and we can't i mean just being rejected by someone you're trying to get help from that takes you back and makes you not want to do anything here they're going to give you a counselor you know Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're good. We love this service, um, mm-hmm. and we're actively using it. And uh, what's the link, Barrett? Yeah, so go to betterhelp.com slash syncast. Make sure to go to syncast in the URL. Literally, you will see, uh, you know, above or below our logo, you can start the process. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take long. And uh, hopefully that we can we can 
uh, get this linked up with people who need it. Yep. Betterhelp.com slash SINCAST. So we have some time for some recommends and warns, I believe. We yeah. Got, we better. Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. We yeah. got it. Yeah, we got it. We got yeah. Em. Totally. Can I, can I go first? I love it. it. I was stuck on a plane uh, going to uh, France and then coming back from France. Several planes, actually. Mm-hmm. So I flew Delta, and my experience with Delta during this trip was spectacular. Yeah, everything nice. was on time. Everything. The bag was there when it was supposed to be. Lucky and all that bastard. Stuff. They also have a really cool interface on the backs of their, their, uh, their seats there that has a really good movie selection. And this is, it's all free. It's all included in the, the trip and all that stuff. And fairly recent movies. And so I watched several movies. You know, it's a long flight and all that stuff. And one of them that I was really excited to watch was The Long Shot. Okay. Oh. Uh, so this is the one that I went to, to the Paris. Seth Rogen, Charlie Theron? Seth Rogen, Charlie Theron. I've heard nothing but good things. I had two. Uh-oh. And they're wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're mostly wrong. This is a wreck of warm because... The chemistry, weirdly, between Charlize Theron, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Theron. Uh, and Seth Rogen is really, really good. Hmm. Um, the problem with the movie is that it really doesn't know what it wants to be. It wants to be a traditional romantic comedy. It wants to be a gross-out thing. It wants to be, like, have something to say about the political climate and stuff like that. And it accomplishes none of that. The Ooh. only thing that it accomplishes... Have you seen this yet? No, I haven't. Uh, the only thing this accomplishes is showing this love story and it's a fine love story, but it's essentially, you know, a, a, a passing thing that she's the current secretary of state and that she's going to be running for president. The title doesn't make any sense because not only is she a long, she's not a long shot. The president is about to endorse her. He's not a long shot because they have immediate chemistry. And so like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. There's some great scenes in there, but at the end of this, goes completely off the rails, completely unbelievable. Now, you could say Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen getting together in the first place would be unbelievable, but they make that work. They make that, they've got a history together and stuff like that, and they make that, that part of it work, but the rest of this movie is just, is just a mess. A coda to this story, though. Ooh. There's a, there's a scene, a famous scene, I guess, at this point in this where it shows Seth Rogen masturbating, and he ejaculates into his face. Mm. Okay. Saw this. You know, I was like, oh, okay, that's a thing that happened. Whatever. Yeah. The plane lands, right? And so we're all, everybody's standing up to disembark and all that stuff, getting their, their stuff. There's one TV in the middle that's about to show this scene. Awesome. <laughs> there's grand, there's like Sri Lankan grandparents over here. There's like little kids over here. There's like horny teenagers making out over here. There's just everybody like is standing and it's the only TV on. And I know that that scene is coming up. Mm-hmm. He's like laying out his, his tissues and stuff like that, getting the lotion. And I'm like, and then I see the line start to move. I'm like, I bet we're going to get off before you know, this he happens before he gets off. And I was like, oh, we're cutting it close. We're cutting it close. Mm-hmm. We're cutting it close. And then it does it. And I hear the whole back of the plane go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound you made. I'm, I'm almost surprised you didn't do the whole no. 
you know, oh my like, god the the grand the middle eastern grandmothers are like holding their yeah kids. exactly like, ah, How did, what did your son think of it <laughs> yeah. he actually was was getting a snack or something like that lucky he was off you yeah. lucky you it's, oh my god i saw dicer nodding a whole lot while he was well, saying you, those things i think i liked it more than you but yeah. you basically just gave my review i mean that's exactly the stuff i said like yeah. their chemistry is amazing uh i also mentioned maybe why i liked it more than you i think Charlize is so incredible in this movie oh this, she's funny too. this is she's hilarious yeah. this is the movie where i was like oh Charlize can do anything mm-hmm. like she i always knew she was talented she's a great actress i didn't know she had like raunch calm <laughs> in her bag of tricks mm-hmm. but she does Ooh. uh and she's incredible in it but you're right the movie is kind of all over the place it gets so ridiculous at the end yeah. that it just doesn't make any sense it loses it loses any kind of heart that it wanted to have yeah because it throws it away on all the stupidness at the end like gemini man yes when he said charlie's can be funny and you know amy schumer like oh fuck you yeah exactly yeah, yeah it's it's a i think it's worth watching um especially if you're just kind of looking for something light and breezy but it's it's not I had high expectations because How I do heard you, a lot of good things. I really don't want to ask this question. How do you do that activity and end up with that on your face? Okay, so he explains it's it. It's a simple like, matter of weight ratios. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, you know, it's not my thing. Like, I don't do it. Dude. It just happened to go through the tissue or whatever. He's talking to O'Shea Jackson, by the way. Mm. Uh, Ice Cube's kid. Aaron yep. looked up like sex friend. records for uh, a sins video. Oh, the longest there was, ejaculation. was it eighteen inches? Uh, eighteen feet. Eighteen, 18 feet. feet. Eighteen what? feet is the world record ejaculate. For ejaculate. Oh, I've got that by several <laughs> inches. <laughs> is, that, is that an elephant? No, uh, no, that's a human how do male. They, how do you? I got even more questions. <laughs> well, I, he, I did this, he did this on purpose? No, I think the tissue moves or something like that. How is he aiming at his face? He's sitting up. And now all the guys are doing... <laughs> I'm still... I'm still with I, you. That still makes no, no sense I'm to still, me. I'm still with you Where, on where that. do you point That's it? That's the good point. I don't point it at my face. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a loaded gun. You don't do it. <laughs> I, I'm not, I've never even had to worry that that shit might hit my face. <laughs> Holy shit. I've been going out there with a loaded gun. Ah, <laughs> uh, that makes no sense to me at all. It's a very silly plot point. All right, all right. It's a plot point? Oh, yeah. It's a big plot point. Really? Yeah, it actually starts off the, the final act, basically. Really? Yep. Hmm, interesting. Maybe yeah. I won't watch this Yeah, movie. so it's an, it's an interesting movie, um, but it, it ain't perfect. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Um, there was a movie sitting on my shelf for a really long time that I, I really wanted to watch. It's called Kronos. Ooh, Guillermo yeah. del Toro's first, his directorial oh, yeah. debut, his feature debut. Anyway, uh, I am, uh, uh, I have said this many times. I'm not a big fan of his work in general. There are movies that I kind of like. I think Pan's Labyrinth has grown on me as, as my favorite of his. And I like the shape of water. I do too. Um, and I am a, a bigger fan of his as a human being after seeing him at the Critics' Choice Awards because he was seemed genuinely happy for a lot of people who were winning uh, awards and stuff. But uh, so, but I, I I will give I will give anything a chance. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was his first movie, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and and give a light recommend okay. for Kronos. Uh, it's sort of a retelling of a of a. I'm trying to. I actually don't know if i want to say what kind of movie it's retelling because 
I didn't know, and I thought it was cool to find that out on my own. It's uh, a sort of a certain horror trope. It's a sort of a retelling of a certain horror. Were you aware of the? I was not really. I was not aware of what it was, but I will tell you what the story is. Uh, it's about. Um, it's a. It starts off with the, uh, this alch- alchemist from the 16th century who creates this uh, device. And we don't know exactly what it is, but he, we know that he's looking for the um, he's looking for a sort of a fountain of youth type of thing, and he's creating this device to do that for him. Uh, and all we know about that guy is that they later found him under a whole bunch of rubble and uh, something sticking through his chest, and he he died. And and but nobody knows where this thing went fast forward to the present day this old man and his granddaughter uh stumble upon this thing this statue and uh, the statue just happens to have this thing that's in it and the the guy puts it on his hand and the hand it bites him and uh and he's he's like i don't know what this is whatever he's not really hurt that bad and then he starts sort of getting addicted to it like he wants to use it all the time uh, there's meanwhile there's a, a buyer who wants to buy the statue they know that this thing is in the statue uh but the old man's taking it out before he sells the statue to them and it's this old man who's dying and he knows that this thing is in it and that it could help him uh and he's got a is his i think it's his grandson or his son it's played by ron perlman oh wow. uh, really? what yeah, year is this 93 wow and uh and Ron Perlman goes over to buy the statue from him, and they quickly find out, of course, that this this thing is not inside of it. And, uh, you know, there's this whole bunch of stuff where they're trying to get this thing and whatever. But meanwhile, this guy, is, the guy who's using this thing is actually changing, and he's doing things that are a little bit odd, and we don't know exactly what this is all about. And, uh, and, uh, and I'll stop there because there are moments in this that I was like, I was like, I don't know where this is going. And it was better for me not to know. Mm. If I told you what the story's template is, then you would be like going into it expecting that mm. kind of a movie, and you might be disappointed. This oh. has been on my rewatch list for a while because I saw this in the th- I saw it at Belcourt mm-hmm. uh, ninety three. I guess it was like that summer or whatever, and I haven't seen it since. Mm-hmm. And I've it's one I've always been curious to go back to because I don't remember anything. I just remember Ron Perlman's in it. And then I remember there was like, I just had this vision of like, it almost looks like a bug with like metal legs. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. thing that, yeah, he, that yeah. he's using uh, in uh, the... But I remember, I mean, I think I know where you, what you're talking about, because I, I do know like the, the monster trope or whatever mm. that it kind of is going for. But um, yeah, I remember so little about it. I'm really curious to watch it again. I, I, I say light, re- light recommend because yeah. it's something that, you know, I, I hate tying this movie to gemini man <laughs> but like now i do not want to rewatch it Thank but you. uh okay. but no there it's something where it comes up with an interesting premise and you're actually like man i'd like to know more lore behind it and i'd like to know yeah. more about this world and everything rather than oh well this is something that happened and oh that's kind of like this mm-hmm. whatever so your enjoyment of it i think is somewhat fairly dependent on the and it never comes out and says what it what it is. But yeah, you 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 will get it pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's uh, it, I I would say this is a this is I can understand why he became a thing. Like hmm. this was the this was the movie. It was four years before Mimic, and that was his second movie, and that was his American debut. 
uh, was Mimic. Yeah, which he that's like his only movie he he hates. Yeah, like, he th- he, <laughs> I do too. He, but Siskel and Siskel <laughs> and Ebert loved yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah. getting posters with yeah. their whole review on yeah. it, and, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Damn, you guys really love this yeah. movie that sucks." They loved Anaconda too, though. So <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, but uh, but I can see how he how he sort of started getting a name for himself because you know he's very movie nerdy and he's he's movie knowledgeable yeah. obviously in a lot of things but so it was so it was it was mimic and then i guess blade 2 and then hellboy right like yeah. that was kind of the the studio stuff because he did devil's backbone. No, devil's backbone came but that first. was a smaller film right yeah but it came first it yeah. came before blade 2 and then blade 2 and then hellboy yeah and yeah so anyway and the, cool. the rest is history all right mm. what made you uh just want to pull the trigger on well this. i i what i because i've just recently gotten this 4k tv uh-huh. a lot of the movies i've been watching recently are stuff that i've already seen mm-hmm. so uh and if we have time i'll go over a lot of these retreads essentially but uh i watched terminator 2 in 4k i Ooh. watched dark knight in 4k mm. uh and just a lot of these different things like i want to see this pop and so a lot of the stuff in the past two weeks has been those type of movies so like instead of like i it, a lot of times i will do stuff as specifically for this podcast and watching that movie was that ah gotcha so yeah yeah that's the, also the reason i watched joyride three ah <laughs> roadkill yes <clears throat> yes please tell me about the joyride I, I, I have not seen that but i will say i i have seen joyride two dead ahead unfortunately mm-hmm. well i was flipping channels and i saw joyride three and you know my love for the wrong turn movies yeah um and the first Joyride film is even better than the first Wrong Turn film. The oh, first yeah. Joyride good, film right? is good. Yeah. I yeah. think so. It's really fun. Ted Levine as the voice. Oh, it's great. It's Paul Walker yeah. and Lily Sobieski and Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. And um, a largely unseen attacker, Rusty Nail, who is a truck driver <laughs> that they meet up with over the CB. And he decides to fuck with them and try and kill them. Now, he changes road signs at one point. I don't know what happens in (laughs) Joyride 2. I don't remember. I just know I watched it. And sadly, I've learned there's no Joyride 4 and 5. (laughs) But I decided to watch Joyride 3 Roadkill. Now, this movie is not good at all. This is a 100% worn. No. (laughs) Don't ever spend your time on it. There's nothing... There's nothing redeemable about it, even in a that's so bad it's good way. Wow. Because uh, it can't even bring itself to be actually terrible. <laughs> it's like middling in everything. Five beautiful 20-somethings I've never seen in any movie. All unknowns. All unknown to yeah. me. Uh, well, wait, I forgot the opening scene. Two meth heads in a hotel room run out of meth. Uh-huh. They decide to use a CB to trick a trucker. Oh, I into, love this joke. Into coming to, <laughs> into coming to their hotel room <laughs> for sex. So they can beat him up, rob him, and then I guess go buy more meth. And so they um, basically stole the uh, plot of Focus with Will Smith and uh, sounds I'm about just, right. I'm uh, so uh, it's it's Rusty Nail, of course, is the guy, and uh, and so the meth head guy opens the hotel room, and there's no there's no Rusty Nail sees that he's being set up. He just as soon as the door opens, he's punching that guy. So he showed up knowing he was being scammed somehow. Mm-hmm. Which is supernatural, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I like my killing non-supernatural. 
So he does. He devises. Basically, this this movie decided to try and be Final Destination meets Halloween mm. instead of Joyride Three. So he he ties them up with chains. This movie's obsessed with chains. There's oh. so many fucking chains in this movie. To the hood of his semi on either side of it, and in the middle, he's got a bag of meth. <laughs> and uh, the rest of the chains go under the truck. It's like Toy Story Three. It's lots of hug and bear at the end. Tied yes. The, okay. Yes. Sure. Uh, he's tied the chain to the drivetrain of his car <laughs> and basically says, this is a game. If you can last one mile on the hood without falling off, I'm going to give you that meth and you can go away. <laughs> but if you fall, you're going to drag the other person down underneath the truck and you're both going to get torn to shreds by my truck action. <laughs> <laughs> and that that is what happens. And the special effects of the bloody human bodies under the truck are microsoft paint worthy um then it becomes the main story five beautiful 20 somethings they're in kansas they're going to canada for a car race and they've got a car they're like an indie racing team they load it up on a truck bed they start their journey going to canada got this truck race haha two of them are fucking i think maybe i don't know um they end up at a diner in creepy town this is you can tell just by the creepy people that this is where rusty nail hangs out Mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. and they, they they find on a map in here a highway 17 it's not on their map because that's how maps work Mm -hmm. well this highway will save us a whole day (laughs) remember they're driving from kansas to canada yeah and they're still in the u.s and they found a road that can save them a day (laughs) i can get from kansas to canada in less than a day so i don't know what the fuck their problem is but they the locals say hey that highway is haunted and somebody else says it's not haunted the cops just don't go out there so sometimes stuff happens and they're like hey if it's if that's if it's that rare and unused we could test our sports car out there and find out how good our sports car is going to do in this race in canada if we ever don't die on our way up there Uh, so of course they get into it with rusty nail because the sports driver guy is like driving like an asshole and he cuts off the truck. Well, now Rusty Nail's going to kill all five of you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should have fucking known that. Yeah. But where the first Joyride movie drew tension from not seeing his face and it being this disembodied, creepy voice over a CB, this movie gives this motherfucker screen time out the ass. Mm. You see his face, you see him talking. And it's not about, it's really not even about the road. It, he kidnaps one of them, and the whole rest of the movie is him playing games. If you come to this warehouse, I'll give her back to you. And then they go to the warehouse, and he doesn't. They're like, well, if you go to this uh, field out here, I'm going to give her back to you. And he, they go out there, and he doesn't. <laughs> it's Die Hard with I a just, Vengeance. <laughs> and I just looked it up, and it's Ken Kersinger plays Rusty Nell. And he took over for Kane Hodder and played Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. So, like, does this fucking guy just wow. go to, like, horror movie sequels and be like, hey, who do you not want to hire back? I'll do their role. He's yeah. superhuman. <laughs> He's basically Jason or Michael Myers in that n- nobody's ever going to kill him. No one's ever going to outsmart him. He's one step ahead of every. That's not what Joyride was all about. Like you've completely <laughs> yeah, Do you think they care though? I mean, in two movies, you've lost the spirit. Well, I'm just saying. I want if I'm I'll an investor. You. I'm, and I'm investing money in a sequel to a movie that was successful. I want it to be kind of like that movie. Yeah. I want you to watch DTV horror movies every week and do this because this should be a segment. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, anyway, the whole point of telling you this story was to tell you this one line he says when he's beating up <laughs> one of the kids because <laughs> he's hiding behind a truck and the kids think they got the drop on him and he comes out of nowhere and he kicks a kid across the face. I swear to God, he says, I learned that from a hockey ninja. and i spent maybe a half an hour trying to understand that line 
a hockey ninja. It makes no. It has to have been an ad lib. Is this on the captions? Yeah, it was in the captions. Yes, so this is actually. I what learned he said. that from a hockey ninja. I want to. Yeah, wanna, I want to tell you though the one thing I do remember from Joyride too. The one thing I remember is the whole thing is Rusty Nell's like making him like do all this shit for him, and they're trying to figure out a way to trap him. So like Nikki Acox plays the main girl. She's been in some random stuff around the same time that it came out. And um, he's having her strip like in the street and then this big trucks watcher. She assumes it's Rusty Nail. And so I think they concoct some plan where one of the other guys is going to come around and get him. But when he opens the door, you find out it's some other trucker. And Rusty Nail has got has just told this guy, hey, you know, you go. This woman's going to be stripping. And then uh, after they beat him up a little bit, he's like, I got he's like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. He's like, you guys are crazy. And then he's like, and you're not even my type woman. I like big titties. I like circus tent titties. <laughs> OK, so maybe it was not the an ad only lib. thing I remember. <laughs> now we need to find out if the screenwriter's the same from from number two to number three. That, you know, stick, that sticks in your whenever head. Whenever I hear a line like that I'm yeah. all, and they put it in some sort of villainous yeah. type character or whatever. I always think it's more the screenwriter wants to write that yeah. more than they want to give any villainous yeah. ca- characteristics. Like, I've always wanted to say this. Yeah. I can put it through this guy. And it's like, hey, it's not me, not the screenwriter that said this. It sounded Who's- very, it sounded very Rob Zombie too. And I think this was probably around the time like he was making some stuff. So <laughs> I kind of feel like that was probably happening yeah. a little bit. It was, it was, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's a hard warn well, for me. Uh, just some history on Joyride because this is what this uh, podcast is now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Joyride, I remember, came out, came out in 2001. It came out three weeks after 9-11. And I remember because I watched that movie with just completely different eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't... It, it was just... There were certain scenes in that movie mm-hmm. that were scarier because that had happened. Just the way things were presented in it. John Dahl directed the first yeah, one. Great director. And uh, he's another guy that I don't know what's happened to him, but he's he, he was always this, like... Because uh, he did Rounders, he did yeah. Red Rock West, he did all these like he really does a lot good of television. Yeah, um, but then you were talking about not having seen a Joyride four, and the and and it's funny the second one came out seven years later, Gee. and then the three came out six years later in 2014. So maybe maybe there'll be a Joyride four next year or 2021, <laughs> and I will watch it. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, I did wow. also want a quickie quickie throw in there that chris recommended a few weeks back the hate you give and i watched that two days ago fantastic yeah man i was so that girl is such a good actress i googled her and it's fucking rue from hunger games yes Yes. what and i had no idea but she's excellent and uh, and Mm. she and that uh pops the the uh, king princess date i think really yeah oh really yeah Yeah, this is, uh, this, it's been so fun to listen to you guys catch up on a lot of these racial tension movies that came out, you know, last year. And the hate you give is another great one mm-hmm. because this is this is my litany of movies that should have won an Oscar before Green Book. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like if we're, yeah, if we're gonna give a an Oscar for how it handles race and issues of race, mm-hmm. there were six different movies that were better you know capable for that slot than green book last year so it's, it's been really fun to hear you guys fall in love you know what i hate movies. i hate though is that i saw green book before i saw all those movies and not yeah. that i was hoping to compare it to anything else later right. but i remember watching green book enjoyed it recommended it on this yep. podcast yep. now i didn't think for the world it would be an oscar nominee <laughs> and end up right. winning best picture because now and then and then once all uh, once that it became a joke it became a joke yep. that movie and if it never becomes a nominee, never becomes, which it shouldn't have been ever, right. 
then that recommend is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Just be <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and then, then it became like, a, like, oh shit, I recommended that movie. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I, I wish I could. I wish I didn't recommend it now. Yeah. Who, who else? Who got, who got um, I've I've been digging into the uh, the new Creep Show TV series. It's on. Oh, Shutter. I didn't even know there was a Creep. Well, show it's because it's on Shutter. It's okay. that, that's the only way you can see it. Which Shutter's got a pretty big following. It's a it's a horror streaming service. Although they do they do do like uh, foreign actors action movies and stuff too and like sci-fi fantasy but um amc owns it um and uh it's really popular obviously amongst the horror community i don't know how much it branches out past that well i've i've heard of it yeah I yeah i mean it's you know it, it, it it's more known than most i think last year it got really popular because they brought back uh, joe bob briggs from monster vision and he has his own show on there where he shows like a double feature every week. Oh yeah, Joe Bob. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that uh, why, why are you laughing at me? You don't remember Monster Vision on TNT back in the day? Uh, no. Okay. <clears throat> but anyways, he's very popular amongst a lot of people. And uh, anyway, so that I got to come popular. But then they decided to make a creep show series. Um, Greg Nicotero behind The Walking Dead and all that kind of stuff. Big makeup guy. Uh, he did it. This is what I wanted the Twilight Zone to fucking be. The, <laughs> the Twilight Zone review. Not the Twilight Zone and Creepshow are two very different things, but I'm just saying as far as an anthology series goes, this is so fun. It's uh it's very like EC comics. It's so it's very Tales from the Crypt esque. Mm-hmm. And um I've watched the first three installments, which is there's two episodes each week that and they do they do it weekly. And uh, they're going to do it through Halloween. So there's going to be five weeks. There's going to be 10 stories, basically. And I've watched the first six. Mm-hmm. And I would say they're five for six in the first six. So they're mm-hmm. doing really well. Are they um, doing an anthology per episode or is or is each episode a different thing? Yeah, each episode is two different stories. So two it's, like, it's like 48 minutes or something, because I guess if they ever did show it with commercials, because you don't have commercials on Shutter, mm-hmm. So they're each like probably 23 minutes. A piece. There's one story they did, and they're based in them. Most of them, I think, are based on like short stories and stuff. I know there's a few that Stephen King wrote. the 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 first episode was uh, Gray Matter, which was a Stephen King story from uh, Night Shift. Maybe I don't know. One of his short story mm-hmm. collections. Uh, but the second story in the first episode was this thing called um, I think it was called Head of the House, and it was based on a short story. I don't remember who wrote it, and uh, it was one of the most original. Because uh, I never read the story, and it was just this. The basic premise is this daughter, this little girl, is given a dollhouse, and she's given these dolls to put in it. And then one day, randomly, there's just a there's a head, like a doll head, just by itself, no body or anything. She has no clue how it got there. And then she starts noticing that her other dolls are like moving around. And then she kind of finally figures out that maybe they're scared of the head. Mm-hmm. And even when she moves it out, it, it pops back in. And it was just this really just clever uh, uh, premise. And it and I don't really get creeped out anymore. And it was super creepy. Yeah. But it but in a fun way. Like like I said, I don't know who if you know EC Comics and Tells from the Crypt, obviously, is EC Comics. Um, it's very much in that kind of uh, tradition. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's Shutter. It, that's the only way you can watch it. But I mean, you can get a free month. I mean, they're like everybody else. And if you're gonna give Shutter a try, I mean, October seems like the perfect month to do it. They've got one cut of the Dead, which I recently watched. And, and by the way, I'm not promoting. I mean, this is this was mainly for Creep Show. I'm not getting paid by Shutter. It's that clear. Mm-hmm. But uh, one cut of the Dead was really good. They have Tigers Are Not Afraid, which have you seen that, Aaron? Mm-mm. That was another big festival film from this year that they just debuted. They're buying a lot of these uh, 
uh, these big ticket horror movies from these festivals that are getting a lot of praise. So it's a really fun service. But Creep Show is definitely worth like the thirty day trial. Well, and um, being a fan of the original movie yeah, exactly. and everything, yeah. I would I would definitely want to watch this. Uh, the I've seen the original movie like three times. Yeah. It's good, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, really it's good. I remember just, enjoying it. Yeah, the uh, all of the different stories are good. Yeah. The Hal Holbrook one is great. The Leslie uh, Nielsen the, one yeah, is great. I think, yeah, you know, yeah. the Leslie Nielsen one was like probably my least favorite as a kid because it's just it's, yeah, you know. But now it might even be my favorite. It's something to tide you over. Right, right, and uh, I. I think all those are based on Stephen King because yeah. him and George Romero yeah. did it together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think King wrote the entire thing. Yeah, and it was Romero directed. Uh, what do you got? Uh, I got an advanced release Bastard. of Joyride Four. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, it's Pedal to the Metal you, is the uh, subtitle. Tight-lipped uh, motherfucker. But it's M E D A L Pedal to the Metal. It's oh. about some Olympians that have to get to their Olympic nice. events, and then they use their different. Uh, oh my god! Or is it or is it M A G A L? And they find a road that will save them a whole day. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, no <laughs> day. I have been buried in documentaries. Uh, I was on the nomination committee for our documentary awards and our nominations just came out uh Name so dropper. i actually had one in each category reca warn mm -hmm. you know warren recommends so All whichever right. one you want to hear is fine well here's some positivity uh you've already mentioned how amazing they shall not grow old is i've heard you yeah. guys talk about that apollo 11 is obviously amazing both of those got nominated i want to give some love to diego maradona oh it's on hbo i keep meaning to watch that. it is oh it's good so good really um, yeah, and you, you don't have to love sports to enjoy it, but if you do love sports, it's so great because it's a documentary, at least for me, maybe not everybody's like this, I had no clue about his career as a soccer player and how incredible mm -hmm. it football. was, and sorry, as a football <laughs> player, and how incredible it was, and the movie just documents it so well, uh, combines it with all the contemporary off-the-field stuff that was going on in his life, uh, you know, with drug lords and, you know, crime and different things like that, and also at the heart of it, it's a story about this kid who grew up just to be amazing at football, mm. and, uh, and how he wasn't able to cope with that, and so he created a personality, the, you know, the Maradona personality, to be this other person that could deal with that, and Diego was, like, the real him, and so his, his friends would... Yeah. Didn't be say do that well it's yeah i mean yes you could say it's no, kind of a similar thing no, you're being no, serious though, no, aren't you? being yeah, totally yeah. serious the sasha fierce yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. aside from the the drugs and the crime lords and all that i mean as far as i know <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah, she's yes. also an excellent football player <laughs> yes, yes right so but but what's fascinating is to hear these you know and, and of course it, it happened a long time ago too and so for them to pull together kind of all this historical stuff and tell that story was i thought really impressive so yes it's it's on hbo it's a great one to see when was this so. when is this set or when was he popular well 60s? it follows his it, it, he had a long career mm -hmm. but it follows oh, i forget the city but he went to a certain city in italy uh to play even though he's not from italy he's from brazil Mm, I don't think so. Argentina. But, oh, Argentina. 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 I believe that's correct. Yes. So so it was interesting because it follows his career just in this city, even though he had you know other big moments of his career. But it's just fascinating what happened to him while he was there, as well as the World Cups that he played for Argentina mm -hmm. while he was playing for this Italian team. And like the second World Cup he played was in the city that he played for in Italy. But he was playing for Argentina against Italy in like wow. the semifinals, and like what that did to that community. Like it's fascinating Ooh. stuff. Yeah, uh, he's. Right. I believe it. I believe he was 
rose to prominence in the 80s i think that was the main thing and he has uh he's famous for the hand of god goal i believe that you know you can yes. see it on youtube yes. where it's some like ridiculous how in the world did that get in the right. net you know type of thing what is it hand of god i think it's goal? called the hand of god uh because it's just impossibly difficult like yeah it looks like it's just being directed into the net oh you know, like, interesting yeah. deus ex footballos <laughs> yes that's correct <laughs> Um, Usex Kikika, Kikika, yeah. <laughs> Kikika. That's um, awesome. I'm gonna check that out. Then, yeah, yeah, I've been meaning yeah, to watch it. <clears throat> uh, hit, hit have me. you guys seen uh, Dancer in the Dark? Oh, Bjork, the yeah. Lars von Trier, yeah, the Lars von Trier. Long time ago. So that's the one that I'm gonna just bring up because when I was trying to figure out what I would talk about, I was thinking like, what would I, what would a Rekka Warren be for me? And this one jocked with me a lot. I love Bjork as a like I love her music, yeah. Because there's so many layers to it, and like it, you can listen to it over and over and over again. You know, really good headphones, and there's and she just builds and builds and builds. And of course, she's super kooky and all this stuff. And so I was flipping through the TV one day, and it was on. Uh, it happened to be on television, and I got totally sucked in because in this movie, it's a uh, about her, so her character's name is I think Selma, and she is. Uh, I looked it up. It, she's Czech, and she's an immigrant mother and she's working at this factory um the whole premise is like she's going blind mm -hmm. and so to cope with the stress of everything she kind of escapes into her mind into these musicals mm -hmm. and so the movie has this very serious kind of like bummish reality of working in a factory but then all of a sudden everyone will turn and start like literally just doing dances and um the soundtrack is fascinating because they built it like for example one time she goes into a um basketball like a, a gymnasium and when they recorded the music for that, they literally recorded the sneakers like making the sound on the basketball court and the basketballs bouncing. And that became the soundtrack to the music. Huh. Or when she's on a train, the baseline for it is a t -t 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 from the actual train. Oh. So and then like when they're in the factory, all the noises from the factory things becomes the music. And I really relate to that because I will hum in harmony to my vacuum cleaner. I'm that person. So <laughs> I hear music all the time. And so, and of course, I love Bjork. So I'm super into this. And then all of a sudden, it goes fucking sideways. Yes, it does. And I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> one of the actors in this is the guy who always plays the good guy. And he's not the good guy. And so, <laughs> like, it really messed with me. It really, really messed with me. I had to turn, I turned the, the yeah, channel. That was a good I was idea. Sitting on my, I was sitting on the couch. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, I can't, I can't do this. And then I started to like watch SpongeBob or something. I don't remember <laughs> just to kind of clear my head. And then I, I couldn't, I had to go back and watch it. And then it gets worse mm -hmm. and worse and worse. <laughs> and then there's these great songs. And I'm like, yay, it's happy. I'm in a musical and I'm loving it. Like, oh God, what is uh, happening? Sounds like a sounds, Lars Von Trier yeah, movie. I, say, <laughs> I can't imagine watching Lars Von Trier not knowing who he is. I didn't know. Yeah. No. Oh, this is the he, least bleak of yeah. his, his yeah, stuff. Bar probably. Barrett is an officiant. Auto. He's seen every Lars von Trier movie like ten times. Oh my god! Well, I'm, seen, I'm kidding. No, you've seen a lot of them. You like the porn almost stuff. all of them. If you like I, the porn <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I do, but I mean that's not. Oh my god! I didn't know this movie was two hours and twenty minutes long. Mm. It's a very long one, and I, I to this day have not gone back to watch it again. 
because no, it you should messed not. with me so bad. But I I listen to the soundtrack regularly because I love it's the great, music. It's a great huh. soundtrack. So yeah, Barrett's Bar- Bar- like, you should watch Antichrist. That's my record one. <laughs> yes. Which I have not seen. I recommend oh, it. Oh, oh, my God. Not, I'm not going to. Did he yeah. do the Nymphomaniac mm-hmm. one That's two? the one I was thinking of. Yep. That was the porny one I was trying to remember. That and he also like. did Dogville. Mm-hmm. Dogville is what I saw. I saw Breaking the Waves. Yeah, Breaking well, the Waves. And then there was, what was the sequel to Dogville? It had uh, Bryce Dallas Howard in it. Um, oh, I forget. I saw something. because Lords of Dogtown. Yeah, Lords of Dogtown. It said that he was a controversial director. And, I didn't, yeah. and when I saw that, I, think he's just an I, didn't, asshole. I didn't know what that meant. And I wondered if it was like a Weinstein kind of situation. Think, no, something. he's not that that we know of. I think but, like him and Godard just like just not, sit, like Jean-Luc like Godard. Nice. I think they just sit yeah. in coffee shops and scream well, at people. The other thing about him, the other thing about him, and it may not be yelling at people either. It might just be that he always makes movies that play on the audience more than it plays. Oh, like, man. so... Yeah. Like there's another guy named Michael Haneke that does the same sort of <laughs> deal. He did the movie called Funny Games, oh, which is not, you know, it's yeah, don't a, watch that. Th- um, it's such a brutal it's such a brutal movie because you're rooting for her cuz she's like, you know, she's a good person and, you know, she's l- slowly losing her sight. So by the time these horrible things happen to her, how she has to kind of get through it and being completely blind and making her way around and it's just it's really emotional, and so I would super, super recommend that you watch it if you haven't, and mm-hmm. also like just prepare yourself yeah. for two hours and twenty minutes oh. of intense emotion. Yeah, she actually had a, 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 a personally an emotional time on that set, apparently, because yeah. uh, Lars von Trier is is I guess not not known for like being Hitchcocky into his act- actresses or anything like that. But he does put them through some mm-hmm. substantial emotional stuff, and I don't think she was prepared yeah. for that. But it brings out a beautiful performance. Yeah, I thought so. so. And yeah. I didn't know that side of Bjork, and I, because I love her music, I think it was interesting to see. But yeah, you, you go in expecting that it's not going to be great. Yeah. But it's also, but it's also great. That's yeah, a good yeah. point, though, because yeah. Kidman's really good in Dogville, even though I don't really mm-hmm. like the movie. Uh, Melancholia was another one of his yeah. that's really good. Kirsten, I, I mean, that, that might be my favorite of his. Kirsten Dunst, yeah, uh, yeah the... <laughs> As uh, much as I can call something good of him. No, actually, that might be his least bleak yeah, I was gonna, movie. I think that's yeah. about the end of the it's world. The end that's, of the world. Probably, that's probably why I like it more. Um, I, don't, I don't feel like I have to take a shower. By the way, I didn't. Wa- I wanted to bring this up because the the hand of God goal and everything. We'll read this from Wikipedia, so it's probably not exactly how how we described it, but. Uh, and I don't, there's one line in here. I'm not sure what it means, but we'll go with that. <laughs> because the inertia of the play, Maradona would have been offsides, but because of the coming of an opponent's ball was correctly enabled. I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Once he was inside the box with the ball coming out of the air, Maradona went on to challenge the ball alongside goalkeeper Peter Shilton, who stands 20 centimeters taller than Maradona. Shilton jumped forward with his right hand while Maradona did so with his left arm outstretched. Maradona's fist, which was raised close close to his head, hit the ball first, causing it to bounce into the goal. Maradona nervously began to celebrate, glancing sideways at the referee and the linesman, and relaxed when the goal was validated. So, oh, okay. so yeah, he that's definitely in the movie. It. He yeah, did he it hit was, it with his hand, and it was a crucial deciding goal. Like it was, and he handed it into the nice. Like, mm-hmm. so. That wouldn't stand in today's <laughs> nice. age of instant replay, 4K. Yada yeah. poo poo. Nope, nope, yeah. it would not. Yada poo poo. Yada poo poo. Okay, well that'll do it for this week. Uh, keep going to Syncast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We have a CinemaSins Twitter. We have music video sins Twitter. We have a Discord. If you want to go on, if you haven't joined us on Discord, Danae's on there all the time. No kidding. Like I, half this podcast she's been on. Exactly. <laughs> I, 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 I get on it. I get on it. And if you guys uh, uh, 
directly address me. I will talk to you. But other mm-hmm. than that, you have you go for it, guys. You go for it. <laughs> uh, but uh, you can go to Discord if you need a Discord link. You can go to a number of places. I you can private private fa- uh, message me on Facebook. I'll give you one. Uh, we have numbers uh, a number of social media around the room. Go ahead, tell me what yours is, Aaron. I'm at Aaron Dicer on Twitter. Is probably the best place to chat movies with me. Uh, at Sam Loomis thirteen. At Danae says. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have to put the accent aigu no, no. in the Twitter handle? It's D E N E E. And so, at Denise says, is fine. Oh. Denise. <laughs> that drives you crazy, doesn't it? That there's no accent aigu in there. <sighs> I don't kind of understand it. Like, why? Uh, yeah. Why can't Twitter just, like, be for me? You know? Right? <laughs> right? Like, like, my E is special. It makes me special. It's like a halo, like half a halo at least. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well that'll do it for this week. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Chris Atkinson, Jeremy Scott, Barrett Share, Aaron Dicer, Jonathan Watkins, and Danae Hughes. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasends.com. It's Can very likely that we won't all be in the same room again together until Sin Week 2020. Oh, yeah. Or 2020. Mm-hmm. Nobody does the thousand. I saw this great, is 2020. <laughs> I saw a great thing the other day saying they should let Barbara Walters do the ball drop. Oh, so yeah. So she can say it's 2020. Yeah, it should be. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Is, is she still alive? I think so. Yeah. Well, all right. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> Barbara <laughs> Wawa. Just counting that, count that view money. That's Are we still swall. recording? Mm-hmm. That's good. This is priceless outtake material right here. <laughs> it's like the cable guy, man. Like when you see, you got to stay with the babysitter. Stay with yeah. Mr. Babysitter. What, what am I going to have a brother? Well, that's why mommy's going to happy hour. <laughs> I remember when it became like, for, for whatever reason, like I would never do this today, but like uh, my parents and I would watch some R-rated movies mm-hmm. together. Like that was, I remember those first times, like when I was like 13 or 14, mm-hmm. And I remember seeing Terminator 2 with my dad. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing JFK with my dad. Wow. Uh, and this was, you know, and I, I had similar upbringings as you guys did. Um, and uh, there was just some sort of breaking point where I was allowed to watch them. And I watched it with my parents. Mm. And it was totally fine. Like, I wouldn't even feel any discomfort about it at all. They may have, but I didn't. And then now, like later, I was thinking, man, I could never watch some of these movies. With well, my yeah, mom. I think back to that too. Like I remember, like a Nightmare on Elm Street three is one I remember. That might have been one of the first R rated movies my mom took me to in the theater. And there's like a, there's a pretty big like nude set scene in that movie. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I mean, I was like eleven or whatever, and I mean, I was probably just like, hell yeah, boobs, yeah. And now I think back, I'm like, God, my mom must have been so fucking uncomfortable mm-hmm. just sitting there. With me. I think <laughs> I I vaguely remember uh, all of us watching a movie in HBO, and I was I don't know how old yeah. I was, eight nine years old, yeah. sitting in front of the television, and there and it was some sort of club scene or something, and this woman walks out completely <laughs> naked, and uh, and and and, I, and and I didn't know what I was seeing. <laughs> yeah, I was just like whatever, and uh, I could hear my mom going, "Oh my God, she's completely naked." <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see the american with george clooney where he's oh, like a, never have seen an assassin in europe the, i went to that with my father-in-law oh no <laughs> and there's a there's there's a really long sex scene in the middle and it's it's 
full of groaning. Like uh, one of the most uncomfortable. It's like, ah, 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 and there's nudity, like, and it goes on for like five fucking minutes. And I'm sitting there the whole time going, literally, we're like, not going to have to talk about our boners later, are yeah. we? <laughs> it's like 12-year-old Forrest Gump in there. Yeah, exactly. Right, so, uh, that sex scene is shocking. So the American yes. is what that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A-M-E-R. <laughs> so it's interesting. My parents, they, they've apologized to me. They're like, you know, we probably shouldn't have watched Spaceballs with you. That's as bad as my parents were. They, were ba- they, they felt apologetic about Spaceballs, which right. is just a goofy Well, it has the word with- balls in the title. So right. That's ma- <laughs> Scotty beamed me twice last night. <laughs> it was <laughs> wonderful. Yes. <laughs> oh, or Splash. That was another one. Oh, I remember. That was, a, I'm a, that was a big movie when I was like. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was huge. I, I, that was, I don't think I saw that in theaters, but that was one of those when we first got HBO movies. Splash. It was on, yeah all over the place yeah. I used to watch that all the time i was obsessed with trying to become a mermaid there's this one scene where she's in the bathroom and mm-hmm. she gets in the tub to kind of unfurl her tail yeah and i had not watched it as an adult i only remember watching it through a kid's eyes and she the the actress hannah daryl hannah daryl hannah yeah she i'm sorry Bear, i apologize i shouldn't have had this seat mm-hmm. you're totally wrong um <laughs> She reaches over like and it's just like she maybe like moved her arm or just she has this gesture she does. She's just acting. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal. But my kid brain thought that she had a button and she pushed it for her tail to come uh. off. <laughs> so every time maybe she did. <laughs> every time I went to a pool, I was always like, "Okay, where's my button?" <laughs> and I would try to get in the bath or get in water, and I'm just trying to figure out where my mermaid button is because I wanted that so bad. There's there's a whole episode of Big Mouth where a girl tries to find her button. That's a that's a whole that's a different button. Sorry, totally different. button. I remember. I love being. I think thinking about stuff like that. My grandmother. I would love the greatest American hero and. My grandmother made me a red cape one day when I was staying with her over the summer, and then she gave it to me and tied it around me, and I immediately went and like just jumped off the couch because I mean I thought I could fly. Oh wow! (laughs) And then she was like, "I probably should have talked to you about this and told you that didn't." Because I was like, I don't know, six. Man, kids are stupid. Yeah, Yeah. especially especially boys. I had the uh, forty-five vinyl single. Of the theme song from Greatest American Hero. I think I had that as well, actually. <laughs> I also had the Super Bowl Shuffle and oh. uh, the Billy Ocean classic from, uh, was it Jewel of the Nile or Romance in the Stone? It was the When the Going Get Tough. Oh, oh. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Jewel of the Nile, Jewel, right? And, uh, I don't know. Romancing but... the Stone is the first one. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it was Jewel of the Nile because I think He's, I got those. Greatest American Hero is, believe it or not, I'm yeah. walking yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it's that a, the one where like they, in Robert Culp? Was Robert Culp, yeah, baby. God, I love that show. Is that the one where they eat the snake in the jungle after they like go? Rem, into, one of uh, the yeah, Romancing the Stone. Stone. I think so. Yeah, scared me. Romancing the that. Stone. I loved that movie. That yeah. was another one that I used to watch all yeah. the time. Oh yeah. yeah, for me too. I rewatched Jewel of the Nile recently. It's it's. Terrible. Oh yeah. Well, Jewel of the Nile. I didn't remember anything about Jewel it. Jewel of the Nile has a lot of like weird production uh, notes about yeah. it because they made it. It uh, came out a year later. Yeah, they made it without. Uh, what's her name? The the writer. I guess she had died. Yeah, she had yeah, died, and yeah. then they made the sequel. They had to make the sequel, and it's Lewis Teague. It's not Robert Zemeckis. Right. That's one of those movies where the, the, from the director of Iron Eagle. The, yeah. The female, like the the woman that's in the Remains of the Stone. Like her big moment was when she decided to rip off her other heel on her shoe. Mm-hmm. That was like her heroic moment. Yes. And I remember being a girl being like, that's so badass. Yeah. Like, she just ripped her other <laughs> yeah. heel. And now I'm like looking at Wonder Woman going, no, that's badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so funny that that's, that was her big, you know, heroic moment. Yesterday on the way over, Danae grabbed coffee at Sump. Which is, <gasps> which right there is with so Pasteria. fucking good. Yeah. Uh, are you coffee people? Yeah. Have you been? To- 
Nice work. Uh, have you? <laughs> F- first time. I know. I first time know. podcasting. Maybe I need to sit there, Barrett. <laughs> Barrett. Sorry. I'm sorry. Um, now, what is it, Michael? I've never been to a, a place that measures their co- like their coffee grounds. Oh, have, interesting. So he, they they uh, pull the shot and then they set the whole you know device that goes into the thing. They set that on a, a, a scale and then there's this teeny tiny spoon. And they just begin to just slowly take off. So it's like this whole measured science thing. And it was really good. You know, I almost did a rant on a podcast once about um, the, the the olive counters at Carrabba's. Because if you get an Italian salad at Carrabba's, there are always two black olives. Two. The, the tomatoes... Different in number. Carrots, different in number. But there's always... Because I always... I hate olives. I always take them <laughs> off and give them to my wife. Every single... So I know there's some motherfucker in every single Carabas going, Italian salad, one yeah. olive, two <laughs> olives. And then moving on with his oh, life. Oh, absolutely. It's just like fast food. I mean, they all have their set. You yeah. Know, this How are you hating olives? What the hell's I, wrong with you? I don't... Hating olives. They sold us like, a... Ugh, when I was at Chick-fil-A in high school, really? they told us yeah. how many ice cubes to put in a cup. Oh, that's amazing. I've given them a try, man. I've given them a good, good I never did it, diligent but... try, and it just doesn't you work. You can't hate olives. The word love is right in it. <laughs> I uh, I go a little more radio with my voice when I have headphones on, because I like the sound of my, my voice, so I play with it a little bit more. <laughs> At least he's honest. Live from a bunker. It, yeah. Serious. No doubt. And I'll listen back to it, and I'll be like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, dial that down a little bit. Oh, come so, on, Dicer. So I take the headphones off so that I don't feel that urge to, like, play with the sound, you know? Is that oh, what you do? You go into, like, DJ voice? voice? Yeah, I, I just love playing. I love playing with the sound of my voice, like, how it feels, how it... So it just, when I have headphones on, it amplifies that, literally. Is that audio so. file? <laughs> Like no, I'm not really an audiophile. Like, I can't. It's not that I can tell like microscopic differences in audio. It's just I don't so know. So an audio it's, snob. It's just it's then? just pure narcissism is yeah. basically what it is. Mm. I can just imagine like John McCree dancing around the studio. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was so wasted at the last show that we saw. It was uh, hilarious. Yeah. See, I don't think I would have enjoyed that very much. Well, I didn't. Uh, but but it was amusing on a certain level. I can, mm. I get that. It was objectively bad because he kept forgetting his fucking lyrics, but like, it was it it was interesting. I mean, he was plowed, and then he was like, "I'm not drinking anymore." And then he bring out another big thing of wine <laughs> and start guzzling it. He spent like 25 minutes giving away a tree. <laughs> nice, nice. I'm glad I left when I did. Yeah, you you definitely saw the 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 Benny Folds thing. Although that drummer, he was pissed at that drummer. Ben Folds was. Yeah. Oh, Are you really? saw Ben Folds live. Yeah, we saw him oh, actually the night see, before we went to New York last year. Would love to see year. Ben live. I've seen him live probably was, eight times. That now. was more than it's a impressive, year ago. right? I've heard it's impressive. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that like more than like a year? Five ago. times, I think. September of last year. His piano playing is more impressive live than his voice is because his voice has always been good enough. What's well, the same reason I want to see Harry Connick live? Yeah, like yeah. just the musicianship. You know? uh, he was sick when we saw him that time, but I'm not saying his voice was bad. I'm saying. Comparative to his piano playing skills, you're, you're yes, correct. Yes. But I think his voice, his voice is so pitch perfect. You remember that acapella show? That acapella. He's the best judge. Show? He's the best reality show judge ever. Ben yeah, Folds because is. because he knows when you're just ever so like cunt here flat. Whoa, what, sorry. Cunt here? <laughs> flat. <laughs> 
like flat or sharp. It's a, or that it's kind a of technical thing. musical term. Oh, today. I see, I see. It's, I'm sorry. You have to have been, my, to, have to have been to Juilliard. My, I hope you're to, okay with this. Really this podcast is going to end in a lawsuit. Have you, like, have you listened to the stuff she talks about? Are you really concerned about her being That's offended? True. Okay, the, so. the, the bad thing is like I'm on Discord and I hear cunt and I'm like, what? <laughs> so that, what does that say about me? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I brought a snack bar for you. Ooh, sweet. Just in case you really want one. Okay. I brought, yeah, and I also ours. got one for everyone sure. so nobody felt left out. <laughs> that was the worst throw. Way to go, Mariota. That was like, I couldn't hit the follow through because the, only, the only way that's worse is if it hits the fan and spins around and hits you in <laughs> no, the face. That's the only that. way that throw is worse. The uh, you know the the classic Matthew Perry scene and and uh, the whole nine yards where he chucks in the beer and he just doesn't look. Yeah. In Friends, in the one where Joey's depressed about something, yeah, we saw this recently. Yeah, there's a scene where Chandler chucks like a can of beer or something to Joey. And he does the exact oh, same he's, thing. He's mad at him about the uh, bracelet. The bracelet thing. There's yeah. even Social Network has that moment where he throws a beer to. But that's uh, funny. It's Matthew Perry's girlfriend, and she doesn't even see it. Hits mm. the wall and smashes. <laughs> and then he throws, <laughs> and he throws <laughs> another one, and she wasn't ready for it. The whole nine yards watched that episode, and the director was like, "Perry, you got to do this." <laughs> Maybe so. it's I'll so funny. I think that came it's, after. It's no funny. I mean, it's not funnier. Anywhere else other than whole nine yards. I agree. Yeah, because he's it's so apoplectic. It's just the way. Because he's just gonna. He's just like you killed that guy. Oh, <laughs> oh, Willis throws it to him, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's and he's right. just. He's yeah. And, and I don't know. It's the way it was edited or what. I don't know what it is. It's perfect. It's perfect. That movie's well, awesome. Well, even his, even Bruce Willis's reaction to it's great. Yeah. I mean, just everything about that moment. It's just. It's awesome. That movie is great. It's That's great. a movie. And I don't know. I go great. He's underrated as a physical comic. Oh yeah, to- uh, Bruce Willis or Matthew, Matthew Perry. Perry. <laughs> Bruce Willis is not not uh, properly rated. <laughs> he's properly rated as a physical comedian. But there's a scene where he where he like trips over a lamp. My I, I've seen whole nine yards a bunch, but there's also a scene near the end when he and Natasha Henstridge um, and Kevin Pollock are all hiding in the garage at the house next door, waiting for Bruce yeah, Willis to come yeah. home. And Matthew Perry decides to sit on a stack of tires that has like plastic over it. <laughs> and he like sits down and it starts to slowly tip over. <laughs> and he's making this wheezing noise. And he's just kind of like, it reminds me of Galaxy Quest when they're pulling the ship out and it's scraping the side of that <laughs> yeah, dock oh, for like amazing. 10 <laughs> seconds. And it just goes on. God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, we got the Lizzo mu- the music video for us to review. Oh. Made not not you've already done this. I narrated that. Yeah, yeah, you're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me and Barrett. You're good. 